0: So, I'm the Doctor, and you are? Oh, come on. Everyone on planet
1: Earth knows who we are. Oh! My head is so stupid, you're Ball to open. Ball to open. Yes, and what do you do? State your name, rank, and intention. The Doctor. Doctor. Fun. Here comes the drone!
2: Hello, and welcome to Pull to Open, an ongoing quest to watch all of Doctor Who, the entire
1: television program, in random order. I'm pete Paschal, and i'm chris taylor and what an episode we have for you today because what don't they know this time there's four of us we would love to welcome officially to pull to open liam and rob from the cloister bell podcast welcome hey hey guys hey
3: thank you very much for inviting us
1: we're delighted to be here yeah, yeah i'm i'm so delighted you're here i'm also so delighted i just found out before we went on the air you're from my uh home part of england so you where I grew up in the Northeast and, and you're right there. So you know, you're taking me right back and my accent will probably slip back into Geordie before we know it. Um, so just extra fantastic to have you along and thanks for staying up so late for this. No problem. Yeah.
0: So I'm, 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 cu- I'm curious why, um, why, why you went to Actually, like um
1: <laughs> did you did, did
0: you do a did the randomizer pull our name up and you were like, Oh
1: <laughs> Not the yes, the voice. we've installed a new randomizer for other Doctor Who podcasts and no, 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 uh, want, Pete. it's it's my ongoing quest side quest
2: to ensure that we meet every other Doctor Who podcast that in the podcast universe and then I wanna have a massive multi-podcast adventure. Yes, you know, with all of us. So, like, this is basically like the the two doctors in this case, two podcasts, and we'll just keep doing that until uh, you know, the time streams. Yes, for us and all podcasts, all Doctor Who podcasts, become one for a while, and then we'll have, we'll have a special at the end where we come along and just save you from falling out of a tree or something, or from no, being hit by say, a car. <laughs> you're definitely one of the the podcasts I I listen to um on a regular basis. I find that your commentary is often. Exceeds my level of nerdiness, <laughs> and you—you're you, really pulling in, like wow. I, like,
0: it's I interesting. Had, it's I feel like I'm underqualified Who. Who? a little bit. You what? Sorry, I feel you're a, little, a little bit underqualified to be a Doctor Who podcaster sometimes, but
1: <laughs> oh well. As we said many times on the show, it's like this. This show is so large. Uh, Doctor Who is so large. So has so many facets to it. It's really impossible to keep it all in your head at once. So this is why. I feel like you know we have the power of four here we've we've quadrupled we have a hive mind yes we have a doctor who hive mind right here and at the very least
2: we have someone to fact check us when we say something blatantly wrong without correction we have people to correct us this time because that's sort of one of our trademark things at least in the last few weeks it's on our bingo card yep (laughs) speaking of the last few weeks of the pod hey guys we where we were on previously, previously on pull to open about three episodes ago, we were getting into 2023 with a fine sort of siesta in the 1920s England uh, with the Davison adventure, the last pure historical of the uh, classic series in Black Orchid. Uh, from there, we were pushed forward in time almost to the present day, but we hit New Year's Day 2021, uh, and encountered the Jodie Whittaker
1: Adventure Revolution
2: of the Daleks,
1: which was Uh, not the last holiday special,
2: not the last holiday special, as we said at the time,
1: we forgot even the Daleks, yeah, lots of
2: Daleks in those (laughs) holiday specials recently, Uh, but there were no Daleks in the holiday special from 2011, which is where we were last time, we went back to the Matt Smith era for the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe, and once again, it's special after special after special, because t- this week, guys, we have been pushed to one of the 2009 specials, well, I guess, which the autumn special. Uh, it, but it, yes,
1: but intended to be a holiday special.
2: Yes. So it's the um, one of the last David Tennant adventures it was. It is what we're going for is the waters of Mars. And that is David Tennant's second last story as uh everybody knows uh and so it's funny like i was looking at this and then correct me if i'm wrong okay i got someone to correct this if i'm wrong (laughs) i think this is the second actual story to visit mars and this is like the only other one that they actually go to mars is pyramids of mars now tell me i'm wrong someone tell me i'm wrong you're so wrong i but i don't know why (laughs) is there another story where they go to mars because all the ice warrior stories don't actually happen on mars
0: there isn't no, is a, a big uh, Finnish story, does in. it, called Red Dawn. Yes, yeah. Red Dawn does, yep. But,
1: but And we would go to Mars again in the Capaldi era, right, for for the uh, that Victorian story. Empress of Mars, are, right? Empress of Mars, that's the fellow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, and Pyramids of Mars, we only really have their word that it's on Mars. Like, it's not exactly <laughs> as if you're saying giant red deserty vistas. You're just, I mean, even when we went to Pyramids of Mars' podcast, we were... I think uh, I was very confused about which bits were actually set on Mars, supposedly. Uh, but this is real full-on, 100% red planet. Every cliche of a red planet colony you can think of. This is this is Mars done uh, as Doctor Who has never done it before or since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really go for
2: Ambitious. it. Ambitious. Yeah.
1: yeah. They, they yeah.
2: mention Mars. I mean, they come close to coming to Mars in Ambassadors of Death. I'll just throw that out there. Um, Ooh, but they never... Go- they never actually go on Mars. At some point, there's just a big ship. I think that they end up in, and they never actually land on the planet. There's just stuff coming back from Mars in that one.
1: You know, the, the, not not to dovetail with with other media, but like I, I, uh, what I've noticed is there's so few representations of media of, of like the first. There's lots of first Mars missions that we see already on Mars as we do here in the Waters of Mars. So few representations of like the first landing on Mars. Hmm. That's yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean outside of like there's there's a National Geographic special series called Mars where they do it I think that's the first thing I've ever the first time I've ever seen it represented in visual media uh, it's interesting the doctor who had the opportunity here but uh, didn't quite get there
2: yeah there was um, I'm trying to think what was that bad version of, of there were a couple Mars flicks before the, the Mad Damon one what was that one called again the yeah
1: the Martian. Martian yeah that's
2: similar to this
1: yeah, that was yeah, similar, true. but there was always like there was that really terrible Brian De Palma one. That in, was the one
2: I'm thinking of, yes, Gary Sinise. Yes,
1: yeah. but they had already landed on Mars at that point yeah, in that true. movie and they were talking about it over square coke cans in their backyards. I remember that. I was really mm. really annoyed by that. Is no
0: one going to mention Total Recall?
1: No, no one oh, is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get your estimates. Uh, yeah. The goods good stuff. Good stuff. But again, very much late, later in the development of the colony, right? Yeah. Um, mm. way down the line. Well, speaking yeah. of developing colonies, guys, <laughs> we want to go on developing the Pulture Open Colony of our fill in your open. cheesy segue <laughs> squares in your bingo card now wow and nice that's one.
2: what i wanted to tell everybody i wanted to lead us off with the bingo card guys if you didn't tune in last week uh one of our super fans has developed the very first and i'm called declaring it official official pull to open bingo card where you can actually follow along the podcast and x out all the squares and you've already had at least two cheesy segues so Smash that square <laughs> on your bingo card. But no, if you want to follow along, we're going to have the link in the show notes. Uh, you can also see it on our Twitter, which is at pull2open63. Thanks again to Josen one uh, Joe on Twitter, for making that card. And moving on, quickly in the feedback loop. Hey, guys, this is a podcast. Podcasts really thrive on reviews. We love to hear from you guys, and really, reviews really help us out. It'll increase our visibility in the Apple Podcast app. You guys know that, right, Robin Liam? You want reviews. People, you want people to review you. And while you're leaving reviews for pull to open, hey, there's another one called the Cloyster Bell Podcast. You can also subscribe and leave a review for those guys, too. That'd be
0: lovely. We're still in single digits on Apple reviews. Oh,
4: uh,
0: well. You got,
1: you got to have then, a feedback loop right at the top of the show. Boom, yeah, boom. Yeah, this is... I'm, I'm, I'm going to review it right now. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> I'll do, we'll do it live. We'll do it live on air. Yeah, review it. along with you know me, know folks. How easy oh, it is! Oh, just oh, leave a couple one. emojis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm rather foiled in this plan by not having my phone next to me. But in theory, in my mind, I am writing a review of the Cloyster Bell podcast right now.
0: In fact, we've it's just recently had our, on our had a four star review, haven't we, haven't <laughs> What was that? Sorry, we've just recently had our first four star review. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Um,
3: yeah, we were flying with all the uh, the, the the five stars, although oh, uh, <laughs> that'd be slightly dipped. I think it's still quite impressive because from what I can gather the person who gave us the four star review is quite um, quite um, specific in what they're looking for as a podcast and the fact that he ranked us quite high actually, oh, it's it was
0: kind of like, I got you he only
3: marked us down because we were reviewing some big finish um, but he
0: said we're better than most podcasts
3: he? yes so you know I think that's you know it's, it's sort of, yeah the fact that we're better than most podcasts I, I took that I thought that was <laughs> hey. good
0: cool. Prize should be accepted,
2: yeah. of course. Anyway, <laughs> yes, you have discriminating listeners, and that's great. Um, and we also have some of those, and we have a review which we like to read out on air. That's a, one of your special prizes for leaving a review. No, you don't just get to support the podcast; you get to you get to hear your own words read on the podcast. And here I'm going to read one from someone named Harry M Seven Slash Twelve, someone from Australia. Hey there, Harry, and they leave a pod review that says pull to open 10 out of 10 five stars thank you harry this podcast offers fantastic in-depth discussions on all things doctor who and have opened my eyes and changed my perspective on certain episodes whilst also intriguing me to watch episodes i have yes to yet to see pete and chris offer a fountain of knowledge and facts and have fantastic chemistry and complement each other very well i often find myself joining in the conversation whilst Uh listening to the podcast when driving In short, this podcast is a must-listen to for anyone, even with a passing interest in the show, not just hardcore fans like myself. Keep up the great work, guys. And he gives us a whole bunch of emojis, a blue box emoji, a screwdriver emoji, and two hearts. You betcha. I'm starting to think this might be Russell T. Davies (laughs) Yes, in disguise. He's got a little burner account.
1: Yeah, throw a diamond in there. That, that's very much his style. Wow, that's fantastic. Th- thank you, Harry M seven slash twelve. And Thanks, now Harry. I know. <laughs> and now I know when when I hear the voices in my head during this podcast that are joining in with the conversation. Now I know what name that voice has. It's Harry M seven slash twelve. So thank you for that. I thought it was uh, something I was going to have to see my therapist about, but no, you are joining in the conversation for us. Perhaps we should leave more of a space for Harry to. Insert his uh, uh, answers to our to our questions during the podcast, but um, Ooh, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, or we'll maybe Harry in. can Harry can just hit the, the pause button and have you know his own conversation. Oh
2: man, it'll be like Blink, where you're kinda like, <laughs> yeah. you kind of like yeah, it back later, and it's like you're having the conversation, and then yeah. it all makes sense maybe <laughs> thirty years <Yes>. from now. <laughs> well, it did get
1: away from me. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Sorry, Blink reference. Yeah
2: no no we got it <laughs> we got. It. <laughs> we were just giving it
1: <laughs> yes well I can hear what you're
2: saying all yeah. right guys you too can he- hear your voice on the podcast uh, sped in my voice or Chris's voice and all you have to do is leave a review and we also love it when you guys leave us a Doctor Who title in the form of an emoji also our thing we don't have one this week but I'm sure we will soon enough uh, moving on. Hey, you guys on Spotify, we're, we're doing our new thing where we're use, actually using the poll feature there. So you guys can also rate the show. So we rate the show, uh, rate rather the the episodes that we do, the shows, that the stories that we do at the end of every episode. You guys can do that too. And we're also asking questions about what you guys think was the favorite explanation for say the clara splinter or the evil plot succeeding our sort of trademark for questions to doomsday you guys can have your voice and vote on those and we're going to do that week after week only available on spotify only on uh the mobile app uh and you can also rate the show there too so please do so excited to check that out as a spotify listener So also, again, reminder, we are on YouTube and we're doing a big YouTube push in 2023. We are really getting our channel built out. Season three continues to get filled in. Um, The last one, actually, when you hear this, this will be the episode we post right before Valentine's Day. And sure enough, one of the only episodes that we have left in our season three to fill it out completely is, in fact... The Girl in the Fireplace. So, Aww. folks, go ahead and listen to that one. That is a very fun uh, Valentine's love
1: story, it turns out, even though it wasn't really made for Valentine's
2: Day. But we're making it a Valentine's
1: Day love story. Yeah, yeah. Play, play that podcast to your date, and they'll know you care. <laughs> and
2: uh, we really would love to get 1,000 subscribers in 2023. So please, if you guys, if you subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or Apple or whatever other podcast app, You have, please. Also, subscribe on YouTube, it's really going to help us out. Plus, you get to see us. Hey, that's cool. You can see Rob and Liam too. We're gonna,
1: I subscribed to you today.
2: Nice, thank you.
1: Awesome, only only two weeks after I subscribed to us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, nice. All right, so yeah, Uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, on on, uh, TikTok, we just did our TikTok thing.
2: Yeah, we just uh, did a uh, TikTok live. We talked about who counts as a companion. We've got a, the start of a good system that I think we're going to flesh out and you know fully explore. And you know what? It's just gonna. I'm just gonna have it canon. When, when, when we do it? I'm just it's what's going to happen? And we're going to send that right to RTD. Uh, yeah, I love it. Be- and,
1: and Liam and Rob really helped us think through that. I think that was some great ideas for how. We structure this question of who is a companion. and We'll probably do a separate episode on that soon. Uh, Thanks for that, guys. And, um, yeah, we also have some TikTok comments. We do. We can all all respond to. Got some TikTok comments
2: of the week. So we just posted a bunch of videos on a Revolution of the Daleks podcast. Um, Lots of discussion about the sort of, (laughs) I guess I'll admit, sort of flip commentary I had about the fam in that episode and that they gave the doctor a hard time for not being around for 10 months Um, so a lot of good discussion because a lot of some people agreed some people disagreed Um, there was a lot of back and forth but I wanted to call out these particular comments I've got a few comments here so uh, because uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of sort of layers to what the fam was going through and uh, particularly his reaction to the doctor not being there because he actually pushes her away um, and if you, you recall that episode, so yeah. here are the comments. So someone with the with the handle the Coffee Witch two forty one says, "I love how it showed a stark difference in the relationship between Yaz and the Doctor compared to the Doctor and the rest of the fam." Um, which I uh, excellent point, and I think that was kind of the point of the scene. And um, but I think the second comment here really. Um, Emphasizes this in a sort of a different way because it's from Web Wedgie, Web Ouija, Web Ouija. Web Ouija. Web Ouija says, "I really wish Yaz and the Doctor's relationship was actually built upon across seasons. Could have been phenomenal." Mm -hmm. And I get that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that's true because it's like you could see them sort of um, tacking on sort of the romantic relationship between the two of them toward the end of that run. I don't know. It feels a little tacked on to me, and you you feel like. Had they done that something with that earlier, they could have. It could have been more interesting. Instead, it was this sort of long build-up to almost nothing,
0: hmm. um, which is kind of a big missed opportunity. I think. I don't know, guys. What do you think? Um, it, it's interesting because how many series did they have altogether? Three.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, yeah. And and the and uh, the like conclusive connection between them didn't come around until like near the end. And um, for me, that's not something I was really wanting to see I didn't know I wanted to see it so I didn't think that it was mm. gonna be a thing and then it just came out of the blue hmm. Um it romances are kind of more interesting when they kind of seeded from the start and is it is it a possibility um you kind of need to have a longing for it to yeah enjoy sort of will they or won't they? Mm. you know
1: it's yeah it's, and there's nothing from those early episodes that suggests it is there
3: I mm. think it because funny enough Rob and I have discussed this a few times on the podcast um... I had a f- I've forgotten when I started to have an inkling that they were possibly going to go down this romantic route, but I mm-hmm. at some point cottoned onto it. Um, but what I always said was that I felt that that was coming from the actors more than the writing. And I think, yes, I think right. at some point it was, it, it, they were probably aware that the writers were going to um, go down this direction. So obviously they as actors decided to imbue their performances with that. Um, hmm the issue was that it was never really backed up with the writing. So when yeah. it does actually get written into a story, it does seem to be completely out of the blue. And I think that's one of the... I don't want to get too negative about it, but I think that's one of the issues that I have with the Christian Malira that mm-hmm. um, you know, for, for all his strengths as a writer prior to Doctor Who, which was all about character development and writing all this stuff in, it didn't seem to... Yeah. Um emerge during this era, so I think it was mm-hmm. possibly there um as as an idea from the very beginning but yeah it, it doesn't really emerge until quite later on mm. um, and i don 't think yeah and, and and as you said it, it doesn 't really have that payoff as soon as it, as soon as it's it's written there and it 's overt it's but I can't go down there. And,
1: yeah, because uh, it sort of raise, it raises our hopes if we, if we ship the Doctor and Yaz in, in Eve of the Daleks, immediately dashes them in Legend of the Sea Devils. Yeah. Right. right, right. And, then, and then it's just sort of, yeah, and then it ends with let's have ice cream. Yeah. yeah. And the and the it,
0: we already knew further down the line it was going to end.
1: Yeah. It, it had mm. no future. Yeah, so just like, why would we get invested? Yeah, I think I think you're right about General. It's it's funny that he he does talk that big game about like how he had the whole arc of his uh, tenure on the show planned out. Um, you know, with the timeless child, uh, timeless children sitting right in the middle of it, um, and there was a build-up to it, uh, you know, coming down from it. Um, but uh, you don't really see it like it it, it mm. does. Give you the sense that he's seeing the story differently than the rest of us are, and that you, there are these parts that feel tacked on and you know adapted, and you know I, I feel like we, we really want to know more about what his thinking was. Like we're, we're going to be talking mm. a little bit in in the waters of Mars about this hefty tome, the writer's tale, mm. in which you'd know more than you ever wanted to know about the process of Russell T Davies writing Doctor Who, uh, which and what I want to know is a lot. So that's a lot. Um, but you don't get that with tribunal at all he doesn't yeah. like, let you into his a lot of his thought process definitely missed opportunity hmm. there
2: um and when they took advantage of it did did not really uh deliver but like, we could talk about doctor and the Yaz all day guys um but we've got to move on uh guys uh, so just to close out the feedback loop please follow us on tiktok at pull to open we're going to be doing lives right before our tapings every sunday and, uh, please be one of our followers, one of yeah. our 10,300 followers now. And uh, 10,000 notifications going to 20, too. Oh, oh yes. Thank yes. <laughs> you. Thank you. Uh, again, on <laughs> Twitter, we're we're too polite to that. <laughs> Twitter, we're at pull to open 63 and uh, same handle on Instagram, pull to open 63, more photos, more discussion, uh, more things happening there. So follow us there. Okay, guys, this is usually the point in the show where we talk a little bit about other business. And there usually isn't a lot these days because Doctor Who is not being currently made. There's not a ton of Doctor Who news, but there was one little tidbit that RTD dropped in the past week. And I th- I'm not sure if this is in Doctor bit, Who magazine. Oh. Yeah, it is. Is what?
0: Is is this the one about the, um, the TARDIS? Well, there, oh, it, I think it's about oh. the, the other bit of news.
2: I think this is the one is the, uh, I want to talk about Umbrella Guy. <laughs> walking we'll into the about shop. Her. Yeah. So I guess this is one guy in the trailer that dropped on Christmas Day that no one's talked about because you don't see who it is. His back is to the camera. And he's basically all he's doing is walking into a shop and closing the umbrella. But R T D very
0: ominous. Yeah. Mm. He's,
2: he's kind of just mm. said, like, oh, no one's no one's guessed who this is. It's a huge <laughs> guest spot. It's apparently a big character in the show. And I don't know if that's, you know, but there's not much to talk about here other than like, okay.
1: it's rtd is so like he so gets off on fan speculation right and he's like hey you guys you missed this come on hey here it is serving it to you on a plate well well let's indulge him (laughs) (laughs) who
2: could it be who what what, who had an umbrella in the series who was known for his umbrella sylvester mccoy sylvester mccoy McCoy?
1: seventh doctor confirmed (laughs)
2: <laughs> a little tall, maybe he's on stage. Yeah, 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 okay. Anyway, Umbrella Guy, any thoughts, guys? Mm. No. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, none. You yes, I will you
1: know, say... Got,
3: a, got I... a rag, just going through, well, maybe it's not someone who had an umbrella in the TV series. Do we have to go through every big Finnish adventure or every virgin new adventure? Mm. A yes. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got people than me uh, from the co- mm. coming right. in, which uh, uh um, i'm really looking forward to it. i think that's fantastic yes so, um i mean is it someone who's glaringly obvious is it the seventh doctor uh and it's sort of like well it, it's out there in the open it was glaringly obvious or is it someone like ridiculously obscure but you know it, it, this sort of conversation wouldn't be fun if we didn't go down the uh, ridiculously obscure route so
0: right yeah i mean the normal explanation like it rains a lot here if you look in the back of my car i've got about half a dozen umbrellas you know everyone's got them <laughs> here's my i'm throwing this out there hugh grant
2: do you remember that do you remember like there was the rumor he's going to take over he was going to be the next doctor for for like five minutes and i think it happens every time but every
1: i know that's sort of a tradition it's a fine tradition to think that hugh grant's gonna be the next doctor
2: If, if that was based on something other than absolute pure bs which it probably was but if it wasn't maybe he's umbrella guy for
1: reasons Okay. Maybe. I'm just looking at this picture. It could be him. Yeah. It's got a bit of a Hugh Grantish look to him. Um, but I did want to... So there, there was a, one other piece of news uh, that I'm also looking at in the Radio Times website here that Stephen Moffat said that he's... Well, he hinted that he's not going to write for the season. Uh, and uh, that-
3: yeah, I, I saw that uh, clip where he said he would be... Uh, he would. I've forgotten the exact word, but it would, it would basically be the, the acting of a lunatic. Uh, yes. To go back and write. And I went, that's not a denial. So, Mr. Moffat, are you a lunatic? Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, you know, to ask after that.
1: Yes, I'd have to be insane to do that. It would be career madness, he said. Uh, mm. To go back in a junior capacity to a show I used to run. Yes, I think he protests a little too much in that. I think that's, <laughs> I mean, if you were RTT, how would you not be texting Moffat every single day? Yeah, go on, go on. Totally. You can write one now. You're going to write one now. How about now? <laughs>
0: remember it's not chibno
1: Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, they they are they are good panels, But yeah, I think I think I think Chibs is uh, taking a well earned break. Yeah. For absolutely. This season, next season. Yeah.
2: Still, totally agreed. Not a denial. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Is it All time? Right. Well, I was going to do the cheesy segue of the denial and the Nile and the water in the river being wow. something about
1: rivers and water on Mars. And hey, we're not here to talk about the waters of Mars. Oh, my God. Someone get, get Peter Chiropractor. I think he's overstretched himself for that segue. Wow. Well done, sir.
3: One of my proudest moments ever is I made a whole lift uh, of people groan with that appalling joke. Someone was having oh. a conversation, going, "Oh, you're in denial." I couldn't resist it, but surely denial is in Egypt. <laughs> Everyone groaned, uh, but you
1: know, it amused <laughs> me. It
4: was,
1: that's the a great okay. thing. Great thing is when they groan and then they start laughing despite themselves. You're like, yeah, "Ah, cool. gotcha." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> one one episode of the a future episode of this podcast will just be uh, puns until everybody starts laughing uncontrollably. Watch for that one in about 2027.
1: 20, um, all right, guys. Yes. But you too will be laughing uncontrollably shortly when uh, we have our summary.
2: That's right. We start every commentary of the stories we talk about with a little segment we like to call TLDW, Too Long Didn't Watch, Too Long Doctor Who, where one of us summarizes the plot of the story we're doing in record time and this week
1: that person is one Chris Taylor and I'd just like to ask Liam, Liam and Rob before we go into this <laughs> which would, would you like to take this spot because oh, it, we'd like to open it to guests <laughs> I
2: you know, through that again we did that one time the first time we had a guest I mean if you guys just, are up for it I'm not gonna yeah. say no but it's
1: <laughs> I'm telling you what, if you, if you I'm, I'm desperate here if you send me your venmo account I will gladly uh send you some money taking over this TLDW no that's okay I got this I got this
2: so we <sighs> we have it we have a new standard here so what we do is we allocate 30 seconds for every 25 minute episode and a full minute for every 45 to 50 minute episode of the new series now this is an unusual one because it's a special so the runtime's a little longer than a regular episode of the new series. Uh, but it's not that long. It's actually 60 minutes. So, funnily enough, identical to the runtime of The Doctor and the Widow with the Wardrobe. So, okay. So, what we did for that one was a minute 15, and so I think that's that's the precedent. That's what we got to go with. We got to do yep. a minute fifteen, so you get those extra
1: fifteen seconds here. <sighs> okay. Yeah. I think this is all right, really? I, how do you feel, Chris.
2: I think this, I think you got this.
1: I think given that given that I watched this a week ago, immediately after the last podcast, it's it's going to be a bit tough. Even mm. though I've been reading about it all week, it's not the same as the exact story. So, uh, but that that does help, I think, because it kind of squashes it down in my memory to uh, exactly right. what I'm just about to say. This might actually run too short. Oh, wow.
2: Well, ready or not, here comes the official pull to open summary of the waters of Mars in a minute and 15 seconds. And it begins now.
1: Okay, so the Doctor is on his own and he lands on Mars and uh, he's in his uh, spacesuit and he gets out and he sees, what is this? It's the, it's the first ever Martian colony and and they're out there doing stuff and messing around with solar panels. And But uh, what's happened, two of them in the biodome, in the, uh, uh, the garden is the area with all the plants. Uh, something's in the water then. It's going wrong and it's turning them into zombies and they're leaking water from their mouths and then it starts to infect the people in the base themselves and the Doctor knows all this. He knows that they're going to die and it's, there's going to be a famous like, nuclear explosion on Mars so he's uh, resisting trying to save them he keeps wanting to get away but the crisis gets worse and worse and worse and then there's uh, one of these uh, water dribbling zombies in the sick bay, and, uh, and it seems to keep spreading uh, but it's it's okay the water's not going to get into the drinking water uh, because it was this special filter in the thing but they, uh, they the zombies get through anyway and the water drips through and they, they have to blow up the station but the doctor saves them at the end he takes them back to Earth uh, but the uh, Lindsay Duncan character is the commander of the Martian mission uh, kills herself anyway because she knows he wasn't yeah. supposed to live and, uh, and the Doctor uh, sees the Ood at the end and he realizes that he's gone too far and he's not actually the Time Lord Victorious and he's about to die and uh, the other Martian colonists that he saved run off into the snow and, uh, and, and time and nothing happens to Gadget <laughs> <laughs> <Well done. laughs> nice work
0: yeah, Whew, thank you, you. if I had attempted a that I would have I forgotten some key plot points
1: there's not not that many plot points in this one though is there sort of the first thing that i'm realizing kind of looking back on it that's like actually a very simple story especially if you you understand the doctor who base under siege template right
0: yeah
2: yeah i think um you did a great job of not getting down any rabbit holes but like you say i don't think there were that many to go down Mm. um you could have easily you know, talked a little bit about the flood and the little bits on the ice warriors and stuff. And we'll get into all that here. Uh, But yeah, like you say, I remember honestly, the first time I saw this, um, definitely, definitely liked it then. Um, But also thinking like um, it was almost over before you knew it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Especially when the explosions start to happen and there's a big twist at the end. And, it's not like it's not satisfying, but you're just a little like, oh wow, yeah, I didn't didn't realize we were that close to the end. I was I was just so into that.
1: Yeah, it, I guess it sort of feels it hits different if you're kind of binge watching the season, right? right? and it then it slots in very nicely in this sort of growing sense of doom as it approaches the end. But if you're just watching it in isolation, and we kind of all were watching it in isolation, right? Because it came out in in the autumn. I'm going to use the British hmm. word. Um, and uh, but it was supposed to be a Christmas episode. It was supposed to come out just a week before uh, the uh, the end of time, right? That the, uh, the tenant's final story. So yeah, it does have that lead in, and that's also what you find when when you read up the the uh, background to it and the writer's tale. Like it very much. Uh, RTD is almost entirely seeing it as uh, as a lead up to this thing, and the the Martian side of it gets a bit squashed down you know, mm. from Phil Ford's original script. Uh, and RTD is just like desperate to bring this in under budget so they have more more money for the finale. Mm. Um, so it does stand in the shadow of the other stories around it. Uh, Liam and Rob, what, what did you think of, of uh, watching this again? How, how recently had you watched this before and how long has it been for you guys?
3: Well, for, for me, it'd been a, a, an awfully long time. Uh, I cannot for the life of me remember when I last watched it which is quite staggering really because uh, I've always rated the story incredibly highly mm. going way back to when I first watched it uh, in the fall. Using American Hey, <laughs> oh. hey.
1: <laughs> look um, at this cross cultural understanding. here.
3: Yes. It's marvelous. Um, uh, in 2009. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's quite surprising actually, but I, I always, it always uh, stayed in my, uh, in my head and very fondly remembered it because of, Yes you you're right that the story is is very uh it is quite simple but uh, in a lot of ways it's it's a flip of uh, we can go a bit, bit further in this but it's a flip of the usual thing um mm. of of what mm-hmm. Doctor who's about uh, which is great uh, you've got some really good uh actors in here lindsay duncan in particular who's a, who who is a favorite
2: um
1: yeah she's amazing yeah yeah she, she is, is. And and she's sort of a stand-in for Helen Mirren, who, is, who they were first mm. thinking of in this role. Oh, really? I which know, is I, interesting. I not
0: know
1: that. Well, so the original idea for the special was that it a completely different idea, almost God-complex-like, because it was going to be set in a hotel where everyone has vanished and there's just this grandmother and you know they were talking a lot about the the uh spookiness of that like if you're an empty hotel and you just hear a lift ding like you know that that was the initial spark of the idea that RTD had for the special now that survived as you know just imagine a doctor opens the door and it's Helen Mirren uh but that's not really going to work it's not like Nick Frost as Santa Claus, because it's just like, is it supposed to be Helen Mirren as Helen Mirren? Like immediately second guessing himself, right? Mm. But then that becomes like maybe Helen Mirren on Mars. Maybe she can play this Russian commander, uh, but she'd actually just played a Russian role in a, in a movie around then. Um, Yeah. So, so then, Mm. oh, well then she's, we'll just make up be English. And then, you know, it, it, it morphed and they were like, obviously we can't get Helen Mirren. So who's the most Helen Mirren like, actor we can get someone <laughs> of that caliber on that level and it's definitely Lindsay duncan i mean she's been in so much stuff over the years uh, We could
2: get helen mirren
1: i mean I check, check with her agent i'm sure <laughs> like, yeah, you could do her like you know get helen mirren um maybe maybe rtd already has maybe he's kind of going maybe. through his old notes and she's going to show up in the celestial toy maker shop maybe that's her with the umbrella
0: <laughs> Rob, what was your? Uh, how was
2: your feeling when you were watching this uh, for in prep for the pod?
0: Well, I remembered it very well, and when I thought about it, I don't think I've actually watched it since it came out. And hmm. you know, I got the DVD, and I don't think I've ever taken the disc out of it until now. <laughs> just, we we're happy we were able yeah.
2: to <laughs> let you christen that, uh, yeah. but
0: I rem- I remembered it like it was yesterday, um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's a good one.
1: You- I- Did you feel like you enjoyed it more? Because I didn't, and I often get this on, on this podcast and with, with Doctor Who in general, that the first time I watch it, it's just such a sort of like, it's so hard to take it all in. Uh, Or you're like, oh, what are they doing to Canon? Um, But then the second time you really enjoy it. And it just always seems to be better. Did you find that? It was a different perspective because back Mm. then,
0: if you know, the story's going to come to a climax soon at Christmas and you focus and more on the the villain like the aliens and mm. it didn't amount to much and there's like a little reference to the ice warriors which I remembered um, mm-hmm. so unfortunately I didn't remember the characters as fondly and mm. um on second viewing um are the best part of it um you know is a Adelaide um yeah. Adelaide Brook such, such mm-hmm. a such a great fleshed out character Um yeah. she's acted very well and a very rounded character, like her. Her character has a past, mm. it has a present, and it has it has a future. But which future that will be remains to be seen. And <laughs> yeah. I think um, I think it's it's, it's uh, a very timely, line, isn't it? Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: it definitely echoes very consciously the f- first season of Tenet episode, The Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit, right? Because you have mm. this very similar sort of space base under siege um you even is that where the suit's it. from yeah so i believe been. so so it's like he's got basically the spacesuit from that episode uh-huh. it got recycled
0: so much i just forgot i it feel really like
2: it, it there's so much book ending of other um uh, other tenant episodes and we'll we'll get into all of it but um i like that this is a bit of a almost an upgrade in terms of the guest cast i think not an upgrade I, i'm not that i'm not trying to slime anyone from uh, the impossible planet i thought that was a great cast but i felt like for some reason uh, in particular adelaide brooke and i think that her uh second in command is ed or something like that it felt like there were more grown-ups in the room here you know it felt yeah. like it was like oh okay this makes sense it's a not just a diverse cast and obviously a um uh multiple nations contributing uh which is very in line with doctor who's vision of the future you also have um these great sort of veterans both you know as actors and as sort of characters there and it just uh, it, there was just so much believability to it even though it was like day after tomorrow even though it was set in the late 21st century the fact that they decided to do sort of more of a clean NASA type mm. thing than a sort of a lived in uh, I think they call it a sanctuary base in the impossible planet um, I thought those were all good choices it's funny you said Chris about the budget because mm. I feel like this still looks amazing like yes and, and I think that is I chalk that up to? It feels like this is what Doctor Who should be when they actually have time to make it, you know. Like, and I, I, it's like because they're the spread from the book list. Oh, there you oh, go. Love
1: it, love it. Gorgeous. Yeah, that's such a great shot. I yeah, love it. But yeah. When, like, when, what, what when what you,
0: now it's blatantly CGI. The, right. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. An aspect of, of it, where you have to suspend your disbelief. Yeah. Yeah. But not um, massively. Consi- no.
3: Sorry to interrupt, Rob. But I would say not, not, not hugely. I mean, considering that this is. You know, uh, we've come leaps and bounds since two thousand nine with CGI, and you are right there, there are instances with uh, with a few shots where it's it's clearly uh, made on a computer, but it's not. It's it doesn't look crummy. So yes, yeah. right. I, I agree that you do have to suspend your leap uh, disbelief but not hugely. I still think
1: it looks really good. Yeah. It's it's really just that establishing shot, isn't it? That, that uh, Rob was just showing it for the benefit of anyone uh, listening, but not watching. That was a shot of the doctor looking at, at Bowie, Bowie base one. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting choice of name, uh, which was originally <laughs> the original script. It was called camp Bowie. So I could see why they changed that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not, well, just uh, a nitpick. Not
3: on, on the nose. It, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> is
3: there life on Mars? Yes, there is.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a bit much. Mm-hmm.
2: There, there's one pick on the, um, uh, I mean, you could pick it CGI all day, but I mean, the, <laughs> uh, the pick of when the end, when it comes around the end and he has to get Gadget to go back to the TARDIS and it's speeding through the, the Martian landscape, it's it's now it's all flat, right? Like because he was like looking down on the base before, and it was all like hilly and stuff, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, for this shot. So yeah I
0: noticed that it's just a straight line. it just, yeah.
2: it just zips through. So that's like one thing. I I remember. I don't think I thought of it at the time because everything's happening so quickly, like it's just bam, 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 bam. But I I think it was one of those like, oh yeah, it's kind of like you know the Jurassic Park moment when you realize the T Rex in the establishing scene is like just over the thing. And then in the next scene, there's this big drop and that's yeah. in the same <laughs> spot. And you're just like, wait a minute. That doesn't
0: make any physical <laughs> sense.
2: <laughs>
0: we would have seen that before. We, um, it's probably quite clear who our favorite characters are. Is there any least favorite characters or characters you don't really like? Or even hmm. aspects about the characters? That's a good oh, question. The, yeah. the second
1: in command with his O2 perfect stubble. Uh, who is completely humorless and sort of wants to be the first in command? That's kind of his only character trait, right? He's he's a bit rubbish. Yeah, uh,
0: I thought I thought he was fun. I
1: don't know. I I the thing I like about
2: all the characters is you kind of get them a bit, yes. right? Like they they each have kind of uh, not all of them. And I would say there's no character I don't like. I would say there's th- some that are just undeveloped. And how could you with uh this limited time and something mm. like a dozen almost a dozen people, but. The um the doctor doesn't really get much, who because he gets water zombie. In fact, the guy who eats the carrot, uh, I forget his name. You probably get even a little more there. Mm. Um, but I like all the little bits. Like there's, I think it's Yuri who goes outside early on and has the no trespasser sign. Yes, so you get a little bit more about what
1: he's about. Uh, he's obviously, he's a bit he more survives. relatable.
0: He's a bit less serious. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you've yeah. got the Joker. You always sort of have to have the Joker character in a in a base on se- base under siege situation. You do,
3: and then you wonder, oh, when's he going to die?
1: Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 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 They're definitely going to take that one that one out. So it's it's interesting. Just, it just while we're still on the characters and the presentation of the characters, this is something that's never done before uh, or since in in Doctor Who history, which is the presentation of the obituaries mm. every time. Yeah. You see them, and I don't know if you guys did what I did. Did you? Did you pause the DVD or the or the uh, streaming right at that moment to read the entire obituary before it flashes past? I
3: didn't consider not, it. Not on this watching, but no. I have done it. Uh, I have. done Yeah. It
0: for this. yeah. <laughs> is there any? Yeah. Little, is
1: it all serious, or is there any little insight or Easter eggs there? Well definitely as as a journalist, I looked at that, going, "Oh, I would have given that a second pass like that's not <laughs> that needed a bit more editing, and there are a few typos and things in there but but no, they do all have kind of interesting backstories, and it's like they all got inspired at an early age by this or that or by their parents, mm. and then they went to this or that university and then and then then, then then and then they volunteered for the astronaut program at NASA, right, so it really takes you through. Uh, the steps and it's you know it's quite clearly an international crew and they're taking great pains to be international except that i think we have more than one from the uk Uh. right (laughs) you could say so like (laughs) i remember there were like two um
2: there was at least one pick at it again i think it's just a a, a fun thing to note because i like i like the whole dalek backstory with adelaide that we'll talk about Mm. but they Uh do say the dalek invasion of 2008 and then it's it's actually should be 2009 because all of those stories are should be like 12 months in the future because of what happened to rose in in the first series right so mm-hmm. that's one thing and they're actually honestly the show is actually
3: unit dating controversy <laughs> yes, i was gonna
2: say that <laughs> exactly that
1: every every generation of doctor who fans need, needs a unit dating controversy yeah. the, the show's actually been pretty good about mm-hmm.
2: adhering to that this is a sort of a rare exception where it sort of forgot its own rule um the other thing I would say is like future web design man that's pretty retro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's basically the BBC website. Yeah. Like they've just gussied it up a little bit and and it's very pixelated like not a lot of uh, pixels on the screen in in uh, future earth. <laughs> it did the yeah. job though. The uh, It did. Oh,
0: totally. Um jumping ahead but uh when we have the flashes at the end of the story of the mm-hmm. the web browser. Um, yes. saying that Adelaide's legacy is intact w- w- from a journalistic perspective, would someone write that? You wouldn't say like yeah. you know, King Charles, the Queen's legacy is intact, you know, the timeline doesn't appear to be changed or anything like that
1: Thank goodness the Queen died on Earth <laughs> I had this sudden weird feeling that she died on Mars, I can't remember why Why I thought that but yes, her legacy is intact, she died on the right planet Yeah, that's it what is, I gotta say it,
2: I get they're trying to simplify things, certainly like with the language there. But I, they're also trying to simplify things story wise, right? And this is kind mm. of if there's a something that you could seriously pick at here, it's that well, why would it be like now she knows her mother didn't die heroically in a, a Mars mission for some unknown reason. Now she knows she committed suicide in her own apartment because she came back like would would she would the legacy be intact is that the same like you know like uh, you got to sort of question it it's it's a little bit like um i remember if you ever seen the movie the butterfly effect uh-huh. which is sort of an interesting little time travel thing and it, it sort of ignores its own rule it's like it ignores its own title sometimes where it's like he'll go back and change one thing and then it, yeah. it, it, he literally changed just one thing whereas like well wait a minute there should be a butterfly effect here shouldn't there uh. that was
3: funny because I, for, for an awfully long time, that was I just um, sort of accepted accepted it within the uh, within the story and go, well, her legacy's intact, and that's what have just accepted. But that the point that you've just made, though, did sort of uh, niggle, at, uh, niggle at me for quite a while. One hmm. thing I had always forgotten, and obviously reminded uh, with the recent viewing of it, I think they just managed to skirt over that issue because the other two surviving uh, right. members of the crew, I've forgotten their names now,
2: but they, Yuri they, and uh, I think Mia. Yes,
3: that's right. Yeah. Uh, they give an interview, and we have a brief shot uh, again of uh, of an online uh, website uh, where they actually explain what took place. So I think right. they, so.
0: It's, it's still a good mm. point, but I think under they, scrutiny, they, would they not be like um, accused of conspiracy? And it was all investigated. It Rob, all It's sorts.
3: fine. <laughs> <laughs> all the
2: cameras exactly. on, on, on that street saw the police box right so it's like okay sad because it's like the future everything's under surveillance close 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 circuit tv right it's all out
1: there so i think (laughs) i think i don't think this made it to the final edit but in the writer's tale is a version of the script where he decides that she has to die because she doesn't die originally uh originally wild
2: Yeah, doctor decides. Oh no, RTD decides.
1: RTD decides. Uh, Like Like he writes a version of the script, then he goes to bed and he wakes up and he's like, "Oh crap! I realized it only makes story sense if she kills herself." So we're going to have to figure out how to do that in a children's show, right? You know, we'll do Mm. it tastefully from just you only see the flash, whatever. But there is this uh, line about uh, you see a flashback, and I pretty sure this isn't you know i, I did do the this the freeze framing on all of the newspaper headlines uh we've got flashback headlines mystery of location dot 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 alien intervention question mark so mm. wow. it is i think they cut that and i think they cut that because that just sort of raises more questions than it solves right mm. but you do sort of need something like otherwise she's just Mm -hmm. shown up on earth and you're like well wait a minute wouldn't people wonder yeah (laughs) imagine the impact if it was a
0: real gunshot instead of just i know yeah well this is the thing this what
1: this episode (laughs) Nice. (laughs) nice yeah you just you just, I mean, just just set the scene. Wave, if, yes, if oh you God. haven't seen, <laughs> oh, like mm-hmm. he he, he a first like that was why he turned down the idea when he first thought of it. It was like, oh, she should die in this, but but then he was like, oh no, like she'll fall in the snow and there'll be blood everywhere and there'll right. be blood all over the doctor and this is not good tea time viewing for the kids. But then he's like. Oh, she could go inside, and she could just be taking her sidearm out as she goes in, and then you just right. get the flash.
3: And because it's the um, future, it's not a magnum, so it—you know—you can yes, going, so.
1: <laughs> mm. exactly. Just you know, there's so many ways to commit suicide in the future. That's my takeaway from Waters and Mars. Um, <laughs> what, when, and and what how you- would a
0: young child interpret interpret it as well? Mm. So mm-hmm. yeah, this episode Maybe it's not so bad. definitely
2: in- like it's it's walking right up to the line of being like only for adults. Right. And it's like, this is really honestly one of the most adult episodes of Dr. Who. And it's obviously very dark, um, for a lot of the horror stuff is on full display. And I, I know they, they went back and forth a lot on the water zombies themselves on like, Mm, how -hmm. scary should those be? But I, I like waters of Mars is pretty, Notable for a lot of reasons, but I think for boldly kind of going for an adult storyline and really leaning into it uh, both thematically and visually, um, I mean, it gets it gets a lot of points there. I got to say, I watch this with my kids as I do um, every week, and it was uh, my son is 13. My daughter's nine. And I think the fact that uh, my oldest, like, loved it, like he was just like, man, this is, was amazing and grace was like huh eh, it was okay not 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 the best you know cuz like she doesn't see doctor who as this sort of adult theme show and she was a little scared by the zombies i mean she wasn't too scared i mean i got to say like rtd he 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 found that balance right like you could have gone a little grosser with the makeup uh even worse with the eyes scarier with the action but he got, sort of walks right up to the line of it being inappropriate and mm. Uh, yeah, I, I doesn't, doesn't cross
3: it. I think actually that's something that throughout the whole history of Doctor Who they've been very good at at, at doing. They it's, it's a family show, so mm. it it's got to cater for a whole array of different you know, age groups. And I think it it's always gone. I think they managed that quite well of just coming up to the mark. I mean, one one era which is always regarded as quite scary is the Philip Hinchcliffe era. You know, those early years, right. yeah of of tom baker and you know even he took that responsibility he wanted to tell good pacey gripping uh, uh-huh. stories with a bit of an edge but he always you know there's the story of even he learned this very early on one of the things uh is actually actors you know you can have something on the script but the actor's just giving that extra edge and there's a scene in the ark and space where um for those familiar with the story, that there's a character who starts to get, it uh, starts to transform. So it's body horror,
4: mm. and mm, yeah. the
3: actor's performance. He went, oh, uh, he took that over. It to, took that to the head of drama, who agreed, and then they they edited it down and pulled it back a bit. But the, the horror element's still there. There are still some things in classic Doctor Who where you kind of go, wow, they
0: think um <laughs> you know, they, they actually the a, bit, a bit over the over the top an and you wouldn't
3: get away with that now so, sorry rob yeah, um, um so yeah i think going back to the waters of mars i think because uh, actually you know i still look at the uh the, the water zombies in this story and i think they're a fantastic design um yeah. with the makeup and everything uh and the actors that they you know th- just that with their performances and i think they they pitch it just perfectly because me as a as a, you know as an adult watching that going this is really atmospheric this is you know this is quite creepy um and obviously it depends on the you know on the child uh but i think most children would be able to to watch it and still be scared but not hopefully not too much
0: not scared to go in the shower or have a bath. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I am probably imagine that it led to far more children kind of uh playing jokes by dribbling water out of their mouths as yeah. you know. Like probably led to rent to a lot a lot of wet sofas um <laughs> immediately after this broadcast. Uh and also yeah. probably led to a lot of people like reaching for their chapstick. Like yeah, oh, yeah, God, yeah. My, oh yeah. my lips feel really cracked now watching that. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs>
2: She, but she, she was definitely uh, cuddling in closer than she usually does. Mm-hmm. So um, that was some scary stuff. Um, but the uh,
1: so the suicide at the end that didn't really like register. Like, was it just?
2: I think she. I wouldn't say it went over her head, but I think the way they did it, hmm. um, I, and the fact that it's a ray gun kind of made yeah. it made it okay. And so it s- succeeded again. Okay with it. Yeah. yeah, but she's used Could. to having the end be like David Tennant saves the day or maybe there's some sad stuff. But, you know, you're generally feeling good about the show and the characters you watched. And this one, um, do, you know, do, does something different, uh, obviously, like with the whole Time Lord Victorious twist. Yeah, at the mm. end. uh, And he's just someone you don't like all of a sudden. Um, I don't know. Do you want to walk up to talk about that now? I mean, that's sort of the, the,
1: the big twist at that, the yeah. end.
0: Mm. Yeah, but, let's do it. Let's get yeah. into it. Turned, I mean he, i he,
1: yeah. I will say I forgot this is where Time Lord victorious comes from. It's a whole sub
0: franchise.
2: Yes, oh, yeah, wow. it is. we'll get into that. But it's funny. <laughs> it, it plays off uh, a humorous line from Series One, and I think it's in the end of the world where Chris Eggleston mm. is reflecting on him being the last of the Time Lords to Rose, and he kind of just goes like sarcastically, "Yeah, I win," you know. And here mm. they sort of take that humorous line, and he he takes it literally,
0: mm. like it's like you know what I'm the winner. He's believing
1: he's believing his own PR. Yeah, it's yeah. also
0: a part sequel to um, the Fires of Pompeii as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. which he does mention. Mm. Yeah, 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 which is which is interesting, especially after knowing you know the whole Capaldi thing. You know, uh, after yeah, we all, we all we all know
0: that. Um, his family line ended when he, he killed himself in Torchwood.
1: <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm. Interesting connection, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, well I think Russell's confirmed that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my he, he does he does like to confirm stuff that you wouldn't think that he'd <laughs> uh, confirm. Like I was just it's going a little bit off topic, but obviously the next one he goes on to the uh, you know, the the end of time and all of that, and there's all that people are wondering, like, is that the doctor's mother with her you know, a right, uh, right. head in her hands. And in these emails, he's just like, oh, yeah, it's his mother. <laughs> it's yeah. like, not even, well, what do you think? <laughs> no, it's just, nope, nope, that's mum. <laughs> Clearly, obviously. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. Lord Victorious. Funny- mm. Sorry,
0: God. No, sorry. Going back to what's said said by the creators of stories and what's on screen, it's a, it's a funny gray area when, when mm. they confirm things in the writing process and directors might've had a different intention and yeah. as well. And none of it is, you know, Canon cause it's not on screen, yeah. but uh, yeah.
1: Canon is only uh, what, what's, what's in your head based on what's yeah. on screen. Right. I don't yeah.
0: really use that word with Dr. Who anyway. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: So, so we've been raving about um, Lindsay Duncan and Adelaide Brooke. Uh, I gotta say tenant in this episode is yeah. outstanding. Like he delivers the goods and, he very consciously, I think, uh, at the end, is flipping a switch on his own performance, and he's he's his mannerisms, his tone is completely different. And you contrast it with the person at the beginning of the adventure, just sort of bright eyed and bushy tailed. I got my spacesuit. I am on Mars. I love being this galactic nom- nomad person doing adventures. And uh, at the end, he's he's dismissing people uh, as little people. He's talking about how uh, his his one line, that like he like, just says tough at one point to Adelaide, like tough, I'm in charge now. yeah And uh-huh. it's very much like, uh, and, and, and Davies has sort of said this in the confidential interview and stuff, like he imagines this is kind of how the master began. Like mm. when he started using his power and realizing he didn't mm. really have to um, uh, answer to anyone anymore. And it's, you know, it's a really interesting kind of uh, choice to have the Doctor start at least start down that path. And unfortunately, in the TV series, it's never developed. Now, I'm glad Big Finish and the other media has picked up that baton. I have not uh, read, seen, listened to any of the Time Lord Victoria storyline. But after watching Waters of Mars again, mm-hmm. holy cow, do I want to?
1: Yeah, have you guys dipped into Time Lord Victorious at all? Any? Of yeah, I've, I've listened to and read a few of them.
0: Um, I haven't quite finished it all yet.
1: Hmm, what's What's Good your shot. take? What?
0: Um, I wasn't that keen. I mainly got into it because um, I'm a bit of an Eighth Doctor completist, so I got mm-hmm. the CDs and the vinyl, and he's uh-huh. in the books. And I thought, well, I'll I'll start. The, there's these two BBC books, and they kind of bookend the whole timeless Time Lord Victorious thing. Um, and right. then you have the, um, it's quite clear where the, the Doctor Who comics and the series fit within that. Um, so I've kind of dipped my toes in it, and I'm still working my way through it. But, um, well, that cliffhanger to the first book was really good. Yeah. Um,
1: you you want to you spoil <laughs> it? Spoil it for us? I love well, a good spoiler.
0: Okay, so essentially, straight after The Waters of Mars, the <laughs> the Tenth Doctor goes back to the dark times and mm. kind of immortality is a is is like a, is like a thing a, an aspect of life mm. and um there's this race who's bringing death introducing death uh-huh. um anyway the story does kind of end where it well it's interesting because at the end of the waters, waters of mars um after adelaide shoots herself and um, the doctor kind of um switches off and he's kind of He's not in the zone anymore of being the Time Lord victorious, but the books mm-hmm. do kind of run with it a bit, m- a bit further. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it does end with um, the Doctor in this bad place again, and then the Ninth Doctor arrives on these coffin ships with the vampires, and then the Eighth Doctor arrives mm-hmm. with the Dalek fleet all come to stop him. Um, wow! It's quite, quite exciting. That's oh. amazing into it that's so cool yeah
2: i like i like that you, the, you've only spoiled the cliffhanger because it's more of a t it makes me again want want to watch yeah. and experience it even more uh it hasn't hasn't spoiled how it turns out well that's awesome i'm glad they sort of uh picked up the baton um, yeah
1: yeah very 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 pro spoiler here on uh pull to perhaps, <laughs> perhaps to a fault as pete might uh, might tell you um but definitely, yeah, to a fault. It, definitely to a fault but yeah it, it is it's very interesting in terms of like you know we were talking about Tribunal's overall arc earlier now this is an overall arc right with the, mm-hmm. the what mm-hmm. rtd with did with tenant and kind of plunging him into this at the end and it it's definitely of a piece with what we were talking about last week and maybe this is why the randomizer brought us here, uh with this sense of the doctor really needs humans around him or he goes a bit loopy um You know and and he Mm -hmm. just doesn't know when to stop and he's downloading comics from the future um but he's he's just yeah he's i don't know it's it's sort of like it's almost like the tardis is an assisted living facility and you know the doctor needs humans around him to sort of keep him on the rails and stop him from hurting himself and (laughs) that's sort of like this is an extreme version of that right he's just as far extreme,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Just going through a stage of grief that none of us necessarily go through.
0: But I did, I did really enjoy that exchange between him and Adelaide at the end. Mm, yeah. I don't think I appreciated it back when I watched it, but this time I was really invested in the story. And as storytelling typically typically goes, and um, you've got all the hallmarks and fundamentals of a story, and the protagonist wouldn't generally act like this at the end. Mm. so that it's it's like you know when you listen to music where you, it instead of having these progressive beats it changes a beat and it kind of invokes a feeling in you where mm. you like it and it did that with this and i had like goosebumps and yes thought, oh, wow mm. this is really good no.
1: i'm so glad that time lord Victorious exists because technically the next on-screen ap- appearance of tenant is in the day of the doctor right and chronologically in in the 10th doctor's right era yeah he's Even off marrying of, queen elizabeth yeah
2: he almost kind of mentions it i think in his little rapid fire update to the ood sigma yeah. at the beginning of the end of time yeah and then that's sort of fleshed out again obviously in the day of the doctor
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Yes, which it. is a little weird to think that actually, you know. Also, he was he was a little chunkier on screen for the day of the Doctor. David Tennant was so he <laughs> sort of, you know, wow. not not his fault, not his fault. You know, no body shaming I'm him, sure, Just saying, sure it was for a role, Chris. I'm just saying <laughs> that he, you know, he's like super skinny here in the Waters of Mars, and he goes off and you know has a few weeks in the, a few restaurant planets, and probably, uh, you know, brings a lot of leftovers back to the Tardis and. You know, and then we see the result resultant day of the doctor, and then he decides to slim down again for the end of time. Um, it's very, very interesting uh, choice there, but yeah, it definitely seems like it was it's designed. More ideas.
3: I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, just having a tie, up, you know, tie up with the, air, you know, the, the the restaurant at the end of the universe and doctor. Yes. And,
2: you know-
1: Oh, I would, I would buy the hell out of that if they did that. My God, anything Douglas Adams, Doctor Who would like that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I gotta say, I think the ending of this, the way they do it is really elevates the impact of the entire adventure. And I think it's kind of the thing you could only do at the end of a very successful run with RTD Mm -hmm. and tenant. And, uh, because really like, I think the story itself is already like a 10 out of 10 thrilling, uh, horror doctor who adventure and he's sort of leaving tragically and you're kind of thinking well that can't be it and then with the twist that i'm going to ignore the laws of time and have this big switch flip for the central character um it's uh, it expands the impact of this episode far beyond the, the the story it's telling right and i think you can only do that at the at the end of this run and and because uh, you have to sort of assume not just super fans are watching and you have sort of uh, a mainstream audience too that is at least familiar with Tennant and the beats of the show, and even they're going to pick up that oh, this is weird and unusual. Like, and this is uh, you know they're doing something interesting here. Um,
3: yeah, uh, so it's I a agree, it's a bold choice
4: that. and really yeah uh, and pulls I it think, off.
3: Um, it, it works even uh, better because it's the end of David Tennant's era. Because uh, mm-hmm. one of the things I've I've always said is um, Tennant's Doctor is. Not a necessarily a favourite of mine. Although that I'm not saying that I dislike his Doctor or I find the series uh, during his period unwatchable because that's not true. It's it's it really and David Tennant's performance was really good. It's just that I, I found uh, the arrogance of his Doctor a little bit uh, unappealing. That's all. Especially mm. because I felt that that and the doctors all you know, the, the various doctors over the eras have have been quite arrogant, but there was something <coughs> Colin <funny>. Baker. <coughs> <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: Yes, or uh, well, well, even John Pertwee's doctor to an extent, and John sure. Baker's so for sure. That's all. That's always been a, a character trait uh, to a greater or lesser extent with the other doctors, but with him, I always thought it was it went up to another level and it was never really Mm. addressed. And then really you're coming to the end of David Tennant's uh, time as the doctor. And then you can do that. You can actually go, well, actually this was a, uh, an aspect and let's see what happens when that becomes completely untethered. Mm -hmm. Mm. But it also ties up with also what you're saying as well is because really this is a flip of Pfizer Pompeii. Yeah. yeah. which you mentioned uh, this gets referenced in the story as well. Yeah. Um, whereas, uh, the, the, the eruption of Mount, um, Vesuvius is a fixed mm-hmm. point in time. These people dying on Mars is a fixed point in time. The whole thing with fires of Pompeii is that you can save one life here. You're flipping it inside. Like no one can be saved. And yeah. yet you would think that, oh, the, the doctor decides to completely poo that and decides to save the day. And I think, uh, I'm wondering if if most people watching this originally or even if they're watching it for the first time would go, oh, this is absolutely fantastic and it's all going to be rosy at the end of it.
4: Huh.
3: But there's still that surprise of, of actually no. And uh, Lindsay Duncan's character, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just that final yeah. scene uh, when they're outside her house uh, in London, which is a phenomenal scene. She realizes that this is all wrong uh, when the doctor has come back to to save them and right. the, one thing which I had forgotten about uh, and the, the, the really which surprised me on this time is um, when the doctor's using gadget to, to to get the the TARDIS over and captain Adelaide uh, is um, has sought the procedures to blow up the base uh-huh. and he, even the doctor at that point saying what are you doing I will fight you if I have to
0: that was right. a great yeah. scene in the airlock. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no, sorry. That uh, this is a different scene, but that was a good right, scene, okay. uh, Rob as well. But no, this you know, leading up. Uh, I'm talking about you know when we're leading up to the finale with uh, mm-hmm. with Gadget and all the fires going yeah. off and all the rest of it. Um, he actually says to to the captain, "I will fight you if I have to," mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, he's trying to save her as well, you know. But he's he's gone completely, uh, mad with ego at that point.
1: Yes. I will fight you if I have to to save your life. Which yeah. you can see the justification for that. Like what what's the problem? I'm saving your life. Come on. But she's clearly and this is goes to Lindsay Duncan's acting chops, that she has clearly in that moment sort of achieved a a sense of being resigned to her fate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it's
2: it's earned. Like this is what I love about mm-hmm. the episode. This is that nothing's out of nowhere. That the exchanges from the very first scene between tenants and duncan where she's got her gun on him and he's like doctor the doctor fun you know like uh, from that <laughs> moment um you, you like they're, they're just two amazing actors like she's you can tell she's like okay i have got to do my job but i kind of trust this guy a tiny bit hmm. and then bit by bit they they have so many conversations throughout and each one's more impactful and he's getting more and more to her and then when they have, finally have that conversation about the daleks and that he knows things about her that she hasn't told anyone. Like she, she, you know, she becomes, Oh, I get it. And even then, then then he, uh, on top of that, you think that's enough. Then uh, Rob, you mentioned the conversation in the airlock and that of such a wonderful exchange. I mean, like she's there and she's now understands not just that who this guy is, but the, the impact uh, of everything that's going to happen here. And, and, has to sort of face the consequences of, and it's there where she makes the decision, you know, and clearly I think, cause she, lets him go and she's like, well, I guess we're all going to die. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. I still got to be a captain and do stuff but, to the end, but it's,
1: it is, this is, this is what's yeah. going to happen. And to your point, it, it really doesn't work if there were two actors of this caliber. I mean, the, uh, in the writer's tale, RTD talks about the first read through of this script and people are just their jaws are dropping because of the way these two are giving it their all and and feeding off each other. Uh, so it's clear that that survives the show. I mean, you got to think where where David Tennant is here personally. He's just come off doing Hamlet, like, mm, and not right. just doing Hamlet, but doing one of the best received Hamlets of the 21st century right? Like mentioned in the same breath as Olivier's Hamlet. Like that is where he's at, which is so rare for, for an actor who playing the doctor, a lot of great actors have played the doctor. Very few of them have come straight off this like era defining run in Hamlet. And, and it's interesting because of course, Hamlet is such an opposite character of like, and, and I guess the doctor is sort of Hamlet for a lot of this episode. He's like, Oh, I don't know. I'm not going to, I'm not going to interfere. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to stand back and watch. And then by the end, he's like, no, I'm all in. And and I'm just going to swing to the opposite extreme. So he must have been loving that that chance to just let go that he couldn't necessarily do uh, with Shakespeare. And I
3: think, so let's... Uh, go yeah, ahead. Sorry, go on.
2: No, I was just going to um, flip. Uh, let's rewind a little bit more. Uh, we've been raving about uh, Tennant and uh, Lindsay Duncan um, but let's talk about the monsters here, uh, the flood, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. I, I completely the first time I watched this, the, I completely missed the name. And yeah, me it's too. Easy <laughs> to miss. <'cause laughs> I, old, I missed it until you just said it. In fact. Yeah. So the <laughs> is flood. <that> the name. <laughs> yeah. The, the flood of the, yeah. It's it's the name, and and the flood is only named by the doctor seemingly at random he says uh, the first time the name i believe he he's he's the, the fires are going it's right at the end and he's like we're not just fighting the flood we're fighting time itself and it's like what, what the what now <laughs> <We're fighting." laughs> so um but the flood is the name and apparently it was it was going to be at an earlier line uh in a deleted scene so he mm. was like basically the um I think her name's Maggie is the person that get in the sort of a life support unit and is sealed off yes. in, in the sick bay and it would be speaking to the doctor and everybody and, and and would basically tell themselves the flood will, you know, conquer or whatever say that that way and and he, the doctor itself himself would say something like hey you're you're who the flood and so that that would be the name but that was that was deleted so, but the it was not deleted from the other scenes. So, like, he refers back to the flood uh, then, and I think maybe one other line.
0: Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> it that sounds was better name. than fighting the water, though. No, I just <laughs> really, 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 feel like just
3: everything coming down. I didn't actually realize that was the name of. <laughs> The thing, but
1: mm. you know, some one of these days, one of these base under siege stories, Doctor Who really has to have uh, a bit of dialogue where they're arguing amongst themselves about what the monster should be called. <laughs>
2: well, I almost feel like maybe Moffitt's line in—I don't want to get too off on a tangent—but in uh, Flatline, where mm-hmm. it's uh, not maybe not the first time, but it was the most overt and clear time the Doctor named something and like it's like okay everyone we're not gonna have any debate on what this monster name is because the doctor's <laughs> gonna shout you are the boneless at the end yeah.
1: <laughs> i love it yeah capaldi does that a few times doesn't it it's a very capaldi sort of thing to do like he, he just he loves naming things on the fly sort of a piece with his nicknaming everyone on the fly <laughs> anyway how do we like the flood i i, I think they're great in terms of scary uh, as hell.
2: scary as hell exactly
1: yeah, the, the the leaking water out of the mouth shouldn't necessarily be a, be a scary thing, but there really is something about it. What about when they
0: vomit in water and it's like a, a garden hose? Yeah. A bit
2: yeah. Did it work? I I it's less scary than the dripping, I gotta say. The dripping is just scary. Also, here's the thing if I if I have a pick about the flood, um, which I think are great in terms of whether it's just you think of it as a infection or the water zombies themselves um it's that they don't make physical sense because hmm. they're apparently creating water and they're shooting water out of mouths and they're they're flooding the whole base somehow with water out of their fingertips I guess but it's like At some point, like where where where's that water coming from exactly? Where where are they making it?
0: I you know the doctor did say they could create water, didn't he? Yeah. Out of but out of what? I
2: mean, is it like are they just like there's got to be hydrogen and oxygen, right? They got to like they got to get tons and tons of that, which I guess maybe is just in the air, but um, that much wouldn't you? I don't know. It's just like I, I know it's not the thing you're supposed to think about. But it, I do. I did think about it when I watched both times. It was like, okay, how are they? Where are they getting
1: all the water exactly? But just uh, off screen, the the every time you don't see them, they're like sipping out of giant, <laughs> giant sippy cups, <laughs> it's it's giant Seven like, Eleven like big gulps. You <laughs> know. put a bunch of big gulps on that rocket. That's why they didn't have bikes. <laughs> yes, yes, they're just like you know hoses in the middle of the corridor. They can just pull one out. Well, not to pick start- at it. Even more, but
2: I mean, when they're flooding to literally flood the base from the roof mm, uh-huh. and there's more and more water and you're like, it, get, it gets through eventually. I mean, if you think about it, that, that shouldn't work because it is airtight. And it's like, well, uh, how could there be more pressure? Because I guess the implication is they would just build up the pressure and then the water would eventually get through. But it is like, well, to have that much pressure you need to be kind of at the bottom of an ocean or something right you can't just i guess you could argue maybe they have some way to manipulate the water so it has more pressure which i guess is like it must be that okay but bit of a bit of even more of a stretch there um anyway Still so works, mm,
1: but I mean, but they are. I mean, so let's talk about their, their connection to the Ice Warriors because it does. Mm. We did just come straight from the Doctor, the Widow, of the Wardrobe, where there was a very shoehorned in reference to Androzani, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and this this feels like the same yeah, sort I mean, of shoehorning, I mean, doesn't I mean, it? it? Mm. It's like we're we're going to keep the old fans happy by just mentioning Ice Warriors. Do you think maybe they
0: should have? Um- went more into that and maybe explained how the water was like a pandemic to them and they overcome mm. that or sealed it away. Or was that implied? Yeah, I think they could have had a little more. Uh, I think there was
2: again, maybe some lines taken out where he was supposed to sort of say something like that, that, and I don't think he says it definitively, but I think there's a line where the 10th doctor was going to speculate, like maybe this is why they left Mars. Right. Mm. Cause if you, if you think about, they're going to mention the ice warriors at all. It kind of opens up a can of worms, right? Because you're like, well, wait a minute. There, there's this base on Mars. didn't they find the Ice Warriors? Where are the Ice Warriors? Like, aren't they? Don't they live here? Uh, And then it's a double-edged sword because then
3: you you would have had uh, long-term fans or people, you know, such as us, and go, "Well, they go on Mars. They haven't mentioned the Ice Warriors." You would be thinking it anyway. Um, And I, so me personally, I think they they get the balance right. They they Mm -hmm. mention the Ice Warriors, so you you haven't got a we have with a language as styles, well, such as us going. Why haven't you mentioned the Ice Warriors? It's the obvious thing. Um, with uh, but doing it in a way where the, the show, the story, then doesn't become too continuity heavy,
2: right? And, and it gets people like us, like we can we can fill it in with our own head cannon, right? Which is like, okay, maybe the flood was was the pandemic. Maybe the Ice Warriors uh, froze it. Honestly, if I have a problem with this, because I don't have a problem with the whole Ice Warriors connection and how they dealt with it, I might have a problem now with the flood. Right, which is that? Oh, now that we know there's this water virus thing on Mars. Oh, yeah. From still this there. point on, yeah, isn't it still there? <laughs> like, should we never go to Mars <laughs> because the, we could infect the entire universe with this thing, and that would be bad? Um, just,
1: just be sure to take the right filters with you. I think that's the moral of the story. <laughs> take your backup water filters whenever right. you go to Mars,
2: and do not touch those filters when you're throwing them in
1: the trash.
4: <laughs> Make sure
1: you use gloves. Don't eat the yeah. carrots. Yeah, we we need we need Schwarzenegger to basically do a PSA on this. You know, take take your filters to Mars. Um, and yeah, well, I, I don't know. It, it's a bit weird because you, you're right. When you strip away the Time Lord Victoria stuff from this, it is a. It's not just a basic base under siege, but there are there are threadbare bits in in the plot. Mm. That you know is being covered up, but because we're so focused on the doctor having this moral dilemma, um, which is interesting, and it, it still works. Yeah. Like, oh no, it works, work, it works really it covers well. a lot.
2: And I think you know, I, I I pick a lot, and I the the picks here, uh, I, you know, they they don't ruin, ruin the story by any stretch. I, I think the flood mm. really works as a villain. You get it immediately. The one drop stuff. The zombies are scary as hell. Um, all of that just works really well. Uh, this is really just kind of like how do we how do we headcan in this away uh, all the inconsistencies, and mm. uh, that's the fun, <laughs> you know, like uh, Ice Warriors sure
0: are driven from Mars from the flood.
1: Well, okay, speaking of fun, let's it's it's time to talk about silly robots.
0: Yes, it um. is, and and silly actors with gloves on.
1: Yes, Th- controlling
0: gadgets like turn to the left, turn to the right. And then the bit where the, the doctor kind of soups up Gadget and the guy's yeah. like, oh, shaking his hands like he's immobilized.
1: <laughs> okay. But before we get too deep into Gadget, you've reminded me of this thing of, of like, you know, the Gadget is there because the doctor can't operate the TARDIS by remote control and hmm. and rtd even says that in in uh, when when he's giving full ford notes in the book he's like the doctor can't operate the tardis by remote control because that was what it was in the original script right but doesn't that hasn't the doctor operated the tardis by remote control in history didn't we see that in uh, was it mark of the rani was there a remote con- for the tardis
2: yeah i think so
3: the two, uh, the two doctors the second doctor has it but then the sixth doctor goes yeah. knows- I've always wanted one of those. In the second talk some of us have earned these little privileges.
1: Huh. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. So RTD was I, wrong where he was like, that just, it doesn't happen. doesn't ever happen. But then the Which thing is, is it's,
3: it's sort of, uh, if it becomes a standard thing, then it beco- it, it would easily affect the, the drama of the show. Yeah. Yes. The sonic screwdriver in the, uh, in the modern era, particularly with the, you know, just wave it around and it answers every question. It'd be like, well, the TARDIS is here.
1: So. Well, I mean, you could easily just keep writing in lines of like the doctor keeps losing the remote down the couch cushions. <laughs> yeah, you like, could. Oh, where is <laughs> that damn? I knew I, I put it in this pocket. Oh, God. oh,
0: I think we've overlooked one important question. Yes, is gadget a companion?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh! <laughs> he, he absolutely, absolutely is. Oh, wow. He trumps a lot of people. Yep, he absolutely
1: does wow I, I do I feel he got, sad he got, he got a key you're right wow he flew the TARDIS by himself I mean that's pretty companion-y that's got to get him some points on the Pete scale um, oh yes. for, yeah what,
0: what did he get up to in between that he's probably got a few big finished box sets <laughs>
1: Oh, I cannot wait. The, the big finish nobody asked for. The Gadget Gadget series. Oh man, let's see the ga-
2: Gadget Chameleon
1: team up. <laughs> yes. Robot chameleon
2: disguised himself victorious. as gadget.
1: <laughs> oh my what god. If gadget disguised himself as chameleon. Yeah. Oh no, no, don't do it. Yeah, it's it's interesting because he's sort of playing with the notion in the script of how annoying robots are. Yeah. It's very uh, self aware. Un- unless they're robot dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh so we got that canine reference in there. But yeah, it's a gadget is such a RTD step too far, and I can see him doing it at the writer's tale, and they're like, No, no, we don't need the cutesy. He'd just seen Wally, I think is what it was. He wanted a Wally robot in there. Uh right. and this was what he could <laughs> get. But it's basically what yeah. what was that eighties film? Short uh, Short yes. circuit, yeah, yeah. that's well, basically it? what it is
2: so but, as it. someone who grew up on short circuit i'm sorry i might be in the minority here i freaking love gadget i think
4: gadget's <laughs> awesome
2: i i remember i uh annoyed my wife incessantly on the first broadcast of this uh and uh and you subscribe watch because every time i'd watch waters of mars i'd just be saying gadget gadget, gadget whatever we'd like be doing something like can you make some coffee yeah sure gadget gadget <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> it's just
1: <laughs> my goodness and you it's are still fun. married that's yes. the amazing thing the yeah.
2: only thing i don't like to get about gadget i will say the sparking is so clearly cgi it's it, there's too much of that and it's really unnecessary it doesn't add anything to the to what it does but i like gadget it looks cool i like uh how the doctor soups it up it um sort of makes the bike's gag work a little better. Um, I don't think it it's terribly necessary because they had they say at one point the water zombies can actually run super fast. And um again, they don't need superpowers. They're already super scary just as humans who can run. Yeah, and doesn't he say water is
0: you. patient or something like that? Yeah.
2: Mm.
1: <laughs> water could be
2: patient except when it's running. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like it contradicts that almost right away. It's like it's patient when it wants to be and to be scary and like, cause there's there is a...
0: an imminent um, threat to them because the base is going to blow up.
4: Mm.
2: Right. Right.
0: Yes. I guess there's so that. So they had a, they it. That gets a lot more park. urgent.
2: Um, but there is a bit where they do kind of like stop running cause they're, they're sealed behind the airlock door or whatever. And the zombies sort of turn away and they don't, they don't bother to run. They're just mm. kind of walking away, which is kind of like, Oh, okay. They're patient now because that's, that's better for this moment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's what they do, yeah. Yeah, so uh, what else do we need to talk about? We, d- we do need to talk about the flashback.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which oh, I'd questions. completely
1: yeah. forgotten about. Yeah, what what what? Are your questions about the flashback, Rob? Well,
0: one thing I didn't understand, why, the, why didn't the Dalek kill her? Is it because mm. the Dalek knew her death was a fixed point?
2: And if so why did it bother invading at all? Because
0: yeah.
1: clearly that's not
2: going to work because she dies in the
1: future. Yeah, so so the Doctor doesn't respect fixed points in time anymore, but Daleks do? <laughs> <laughs> even though they were trying to conquer the world?
0: Yes. by the universe, actually, weren't they?
1: Oh, yes, Daleks do
3: not. <laughs> incredibly nerdy here. But Duh. Yeah, in remembrance of the Daleks, even the Seventh Doctor says uh, it's the whole thing to do with the Ghetto Blaster. And the Dalek uh, blasted the right. smithereens, and Ace informs the Doctor of this, and he goes good, uh, and explains the whole thing that had a ghetto blaster been discovered uh, in London in 1963, they would have advanced technology and all the rest of it. Even the Seventh Doctor goes, even the even the Daleks would think twice about averting uh, history to such an extent.
4: Mm.
2: First of all, never apologize for being too nerdy on this podcast. <laughs> yes. S- second of all. Yes, absolutely. Like I think there's a there's a headcan in this a bit. It's not necessarily that the Dalek knows there is a whole future history for Adelaide. It's more like, and I sort of use this same explanation for things like the Stone Dalek in uh, the Big Bang. Pandora opens, where the Daleks as time travelers have kind of a little. They're almost like time lords, you know. Now, not not to that extent uh, that. The time lords are have all this power and regenerations, but that they're a little time sensitive. They're a little bit they kind of get, they can kind of feel things like when the doctor goes, like, I can feel things across I know all the time lords are dead. The Daleks have a little bit of that too. And it's it's sort of manifests in these few places. And I yeah. I kind of like that. That's a little the, the thing they can tweak on because it's vague. I, I I get it, but it is like it is established. You know, the Daleks are these adversaries of the Time Lords. Surely they would have something. A little bit more to them than just being kind
0: of these robot tank like things that run around and kill people mm-hmm. and that one dalek he would have known that davros's reality bomb was destined to fail <laughs> <laughs> i think there's a lot of there was a lot of talk in the, the dalek podcast circuit
2: at that time like eh, is this really gonna work guys you have doubts <laughs>
1: I mean, there is an overarching question here about about that flash, but, but about in general the fact that she, you know, survived "quote unquote" the Dalek invasion of two thousand and eight. And it's not the naming controversy; it's the fact that anyone can remember that there's a Dalek invasion at all. Because <laughs> you established sense that humans keep forgetting about all of these invasions, you know, and yeah, but Stan, uh, Gordon, I
3: hadn't written that into the series yet. So yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. We were still in the RTD era where where people remembered. Things <laughs> we were wondering this in the woman who fell
0: to earth. That was like we know everything fell through the crack with mm. Matt Spencer's mm-hmm. time, but then in Jodie Whittaker's time, it was it was a, it was like another clean slate. Like definitively, no one knew right. about aliens.
1: Yep, no aliens in Sheffield.
0: Yeah, and there wasn't even UNIT anymore because of budget yeah. cuts. Did Miracle Day <sighs> happen? You know, mm. <laughs> but now if if you were to bring Jack and Gwen back, they would still remember that. Right. It's, it's yeah. All a bit of a, Well, and they mentioned Gwen we just, we talked
2: about this in revolution of the Daleks. He actually hooks up with Gwen at the end of that. She's off screen, but it's like, yeah. so they're, they're still there. So I guess miracle day happened. I mean, the mm. thing is they don't even reference miracle day in doctor mm. who the series. Right. So mm. um, let alone the Whitaker era. So that I, it's funny to watch the a history or read the a history books, try to contort <laughs> like the timeline, like what happened in 2011
0: and when, mm. With miracle towards be, what miracle, miracle day, day came too soon, I think. Like with Marvel, the blip or the snap, right, and it happened in time with COVID, and it was it was there it's kind of their five years, mm. um, kind of marries up with our lockdown, and yeah, if Miracle Day had came out later, you know, it could have been the Doctor Who universes lockdown. <laughs> yes, the, the Doctor it's totally that pandemic
1: yeah it's it's interesting because it what what it does mean what the crack in time does mean is that the the doctor you know thinks that he's changing this fixed point in time and he's saving adelaide and you know he's securing humanity's future and space flight and all of that because her granddaughter will board the ship blah 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 and then a season later <laughs> all wiped over all gone well, this is this is a good thing to talk about and sort of mm.
2: Tweak on a little bit because RTD is returning to the show, because it's interesting to be reminded that he was really trying to make it sort of this connected universe. Mm. And he definitively, in his era, had humans know that aliens are real, right? So it was like that the Christmas invasion was clearly a turning point for him. And mm. then it it the world sort of becomes less and less our world and contemporary world, because now it's Doctor Who world and and alien invasions are just a regular occurrence and everyone knows about it. So it's it's an interesting thing now that since then since they've rebooted a couple of times are we going to see that again do we do we want to see that again do we want to have another go at a interconnected world where we we're seeing definitively kind of a parallel doctor who world that's a little more um fleshed out a little more a little more concrete in it on its own terms but is a little less like our earth i don't know what do you guys think
0: well I would like that um I don't think it's damaging to the viewer you know for for new people to come in I guess Chibnall tried that um he want it it was his fresh slate so people coming in it didn't confuse them the fact that everyone knew about Daleks and things like that um but no I don't think that's damaging to a viewer to come in to this world and understand Mm. that um uh, this world is different to ours, this fictional world, you know people that've had mm-hmm. invasions before and things like that
1: yeah i 'm definitely sticking with my prediction that's that uh r t d in the in the sixtieth specials is going to do some sort of timeline flattening you know mm-hmm. uh, solution to everything that will will bring us with one <laughs> single past
2: well that it'll reset too. back to the Everything that happened up to the end of time happened.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and then everything else didn't. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, forget yes and. This is no longer improv. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Timeless child, what was that? Wow. Wait, what? Pocket watch in the heart of the TARDIS? Huh. Anyway. All right. <laughs> oh. Well, I, I do actually want one thing. I don't want to because it's, it's almost left. A, at the end, we have, you know, we're totally focused on, adelaide shooting herself and we're a little bit focused on the fact that poor gadget is sitting there in the snow and nobody's paying attention to him Mm. after he's just saved everyone thanks gadget um but mia is it uh who runs away because the tardis is too confusing Mm. uh has that has that happened? Have we seen that before with the TARDIS like basically driving, not driving someone mad, but like driving someone away because they've seen uh, the bigger inside and they're just like, you know, we, Ooh, we saw last week it. where, uh, where Robertson kind of wasn't, you know, couldn't get it, but like running away from it. What, I've, what got, you got, Pete?
2: I've got the cop on the motorcycle in the TV. Oh movie. yes.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow.
1: That's,
0: He just kept on riding until he went into the sea. And then he just kept on
1: swimming. (laughs) I am going to have to watch the TV movie again. That is not an instruction randomizer. But uh, it's been a while. But
0: yeah, the randomizers took you on a lot of specials lately, then. Yeah. Yeah. What's it doing? What is it Uh, doing, Pete? Getting it
2: out of a system. I think it's, uh, again, well, that's a very good question. Because. That is uh, one of our questions, and we're going to get to them right now. They are, of course, the four questions to Doomsday. The first question is exactly what you asked. Why did the randomizer take us here? Theories. Chris, why don't destiny.
4: you
1: start? <laughs> <laughs> destiny. It is our destiny. Um, no, well, it's, it's clearly on a bit of a specials kick. Mm-hmm. Um Uh, on holiday specials or would be holiday specials it obviously listened it listened to both of us last week which is extraordinary right uh it gave us something darker as pete requested and i requested specifically that it give us something nice and short for the guests um
0: you know what i had a pit in my stomach when you invited us on i thought it's gonna be master plan (laughs) (laughs)
4: that's
0: like Every week we, we, we have in our stomach, is this the week we get Dalek's master plan? Yeah, we'll get him as well because, um, one of our dear patrons, Mark, um, all of our patrons get a voucher to pick a story that we'll review on the podcast. And uh... Mark picked master plan, but this was this was months ago, he's
3: been incredibly patient. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if, it's, if he's listening to this, uh, we will be reviewing it. Sometime soonish, uh, but, <laughs> so it is on the cards. But yeah,
1: but water is patient, Mark. Water is patient. Yes.
2: So, <laughs> but it's my theory. Awesome. So my theory on the randomizer, um, it's a little bit ties into what I was saying earlier. So yes, I asked for a dark episode, and I think there's a connection here with the doctor, with the widow, and the wardrobe, though, in terms mm-hmm. of structure, because both mm-hmm. episodes tell. Um, A fun adventure, or in this case, a dark adventure on their own terms. They're both pretty good. I think the story here is better than um, the Doctor and the Widow of the Wardrobe. But both episodes also, in their final scenes, sort of reach back or reach out of their own story and try to do something more impactful by tying it to a larger story about Doctor Who and the central character. And in in Doctor and the Widow of the Wardrobe, it's about Matt Smith going back and having Christmas with Amy and Rory. And really connecting with them in a way he hasn't before, uh, because they finds out they've set a place for them for him, and uh, cries, and it just really gets you. It's like, oh wow, you you, you already told a, a good Christmas yarn, and now you're really doing something impactful for the character that I love. So like, this is awesome. And in this case, it's obviously a darker turn, but it's it the whole impact of the story I think hinges on it in that that whole that Time Lord Victorious stuff at the end with Tenant um, you just like you know t- takes what you've already been thrilled and scared and now you're just like boom like whoa like this is smack me over the head with uh, mm. confounded expectations of what Doctor Who can even do or is about and I think the impact of both of these sort of depends on a very sort of similar device
1: yeah they are both stories in which um it is very clear that the doctor needs companions, mm. and he goes a bit off for the deep end when he doesn't have them um but also, I've just realized you're just talking about this right that that, that they're both stories about someone being saved who wasn't saved in the original timeline right um, with exactly different like there's no scene with uh Alexander Armstrong kind of you know going off taking his service revolver <laughs> <out> <laughs> and you know heading into the other room in the attic like I shouldn't be um no nothing of that he's perfectly happy to be alive again and home um you know and, and nobody's telling him that his kids need to be inspired by his death yeah
2: well, totally totally a good good choice totally in both cases I'm, I, I
1: think. um <laughs> yeah but but yeah again a good example of uh, yeah i guess the randomizer showing us that doctor who's scripts are random and capricious in themselves and you know don't have any overarching message <laughs> just it's whatever the story demands
2: <laughs> well certainly between showrunners yeah mm, um mm-hmm. All right, Rob and Liam, any theories on the randomizer? On its
0: choices?
3: All you said, and um, <laughs> it's probably getting you ready for putting you in the mood for later on in the year with David Tennant coming back.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: I definitely felt that because we wanted to kind of bookend this year with some great Tennant stuff and maybe do some um, Dr. Donna stuff in the build up yeah. to the 60th. And um, on our last episode... We did um what did we do, Liam, the next doctor, mm-hmm. which was another special, yeah, um, and this is another great one it yeah, I think um it's a great start to the new year, it's meant to be,
1: yeah, yeah, it certainly makes a nice pairing with the celestial toy maker, which is how we started our year, um yeah, very interesting, very interesting, good job, randomizer, can't wait to see where you take us next,
2: moving on to the second question. It is what if the evil plot had succeeded? Mm. So what's the evil plot here? I guess it's the
0: floods. <laughs> whose evil plot, though?
1: Exactly. Who? Who yeah. is it? Is it whose evil? Is it the doctor's <laughs> evil plot? Well,
0: we that's
2: the that. other evil plot, uh-huh. right? Because there's either the flood, which is pretty conventional. So it's like the flood wants to conquer the world. Um, and Conquest I
0: think. or survival. Hmm. Despite mm-hmm. uh, it, it's it's surviving, isn't it already? It's already like, like on Mars, and being Mars. left alone. Uh,
2: yeah. f- fine.
0: Wasn't but, living a great life. Yeah, <laughs> it's but you know, it's, you're frozen.
3: living. It's, it's fine, but it, it clearly had plans to con uh, to when it saw how how beautiful the Earth is and how much water there is.
2: Yeah, you should it, like it there.
3: Did, yeah. Then it was then it was conquest.
1: Yeah, that was basically the, seeing the picture of Earth was like water porn. So oh, what yeah. what
2: tweak has oh. to happen for the flood to win? And in my view, the most direct thing is that Ed uh, loses control right before he hits destruct. And so he's taken over by the flood. And then now the flood is the shuttle. Mm. And then it's, then it's uh, honestly, it becomes much more conventional doctor who adventure. I think then, because then I think the doctor has to turn back because now it's not just the base getting destroyed and Adelaide dying. He's got to stop the flood from, Destroying the world, um, which is fine, and you could do that, but obviously the choice they made here to do the Time Lord Victoria stuff um, is a completely different thing and much much better choice.
1: So, so then that that shuttle has to make it all the way back to Earth, right? With with, with, flood, with and board, water zombies, with with nobody noticing that anything's amiss on well, it.
2: The thing this is the cool
0: thing about the flood, right? Is that um, it's a little bit like the thing. I was going to bring this up. Yeah. And I I really had a desire for more tense moments. Like who is the thing? Who isn't? Yeah. And we didn't get enough of that because the water could have been in anybody. And the doc, the
2: doctor mentions almost an intelligence, right? She talks, he talks about how it infects Maggie, but doesn't make her disfigured. And somewhat he, he infers purposely that they wanted to, to sort of get back to the others And so there's something there, but they never fill in the blanks. And then you see, you actually see moments like when they're all five infected people are sort of got their arms out and the floods coming down on them. Like they're doing something, you know, there's something going on. And uh, I, I, that, that really harkened back to the thing for me, because in the thing, like it, it never speaks the thing, but you realize like there's clearly some kind of intelligence here. Because it's working against them actively, and um, you, but you know, you it just gets your imagination going. You're not confounded by it; you're just more frightened by it. So, I think taking all that, I think we can sort of headcanon that the flood, once if they take control of the shuttle, they would be able to sort of pass for human in some way, either on comms or when they get to Earth. Mm. Uh, and, and start infecting like sleeper people. agents.
1: Yeah. 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 I'm just picturing this conversation with Mission Control over one of those crackly video connections where they're like, Did you guys run out of chapstick on your way to Mars? Or what's <laughs> going on with the lips here? I why do you really... all wear, why are you all wearing balaclavas now? Or <laughs> 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 Hold on Yeah. To and that. sunglasses. Bit yeah. weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. But if the, okay. So if the evil plot is the doctors. Yes. Now, that would have to succeed if, if he doesn't have a nude there to remind him that he's gone too far, or he
2: the Adelaide suicide happens just out of earshot. Maybe he gets yeah. in the TARDIS a second before it happens, so he never gets that uh, gut punch. That yeah, that's him. To so come he's back. like,
1: I'm I'm gonna go solve all the fixed points in history. I'm I'm going back to the Aztecs. Um, you know, like he goes into the TARDIS, makes a whole list. Adric. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm good. well, maybe I'll put that at the bottom of the list. Um, <laughs> Poor Adric. Sorry, Adric. Sorry. <laughs> He's like that. That kid embarrasses me at every buffet. I, I you know, <laughs> when I when I next go to the restaurant at the end of the universe for the tie-in, I'm like, I, I don't necessarily want to take him there. But um, yeah, what, it,
0: one of the issue was just simply Adelaide's survival. In her mm-hmm. legacy wasn't intact, and it. Saves her granddaughter was some great pioneer. We know that Earth becomes in galactic empire. All that may not have happened and may have screwed up the web of time.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's interesting because the message uh, the, that you can't change history is sort of undercut by the fact that uh, Mia and uh, is it Yuri? We decided it was Yuri that right. right? uh, okay. do survive, and you have a happy image of them together. In the newspaper or the online clipping at the end. So they, mm-hmm. they, uh, clear, so it has improved their lives, saved their lives with no parental effects for them. They were just mm-hmm. little so people. So. They were just little bit They didn't matter. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if it succeeds, well, I feel it, like it what, sort of did. What, what Rob was getting at is that, like, mm-hmm. if
2: the, that that web of time changes. But then now Mm. the doctor's like, well, I'll just change it to whatever I want. And he just, he essentially becomes the time meddler slash master as he, Mm. he basically shapes human development or development of any planet. He feels like into whatever he wants as the only time lord left. I got one for you.
1: Yeah. I got one for you. Uh, If he does this, then he's judged a greater danger than the master in the end of time. And therefore the sound of drums is implanted in his head. not the masters because
2: he's dangerous
1: now yeah right
2: Mm. Yeah. (laughs) wow if only we could go back in time and give RTD that idea maybe we would have got a different (laughs) end of time for (laughs) perhaps for the better
1: Mm, Um, who knows we could yet could yet be a part of uh, the 60th special
3: yeah I think maybe we did because uh, the master becomes Adric in that story doesn't he in the first episode
1: uh, mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> he does
2: he is very bad with food yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. chicken yeah. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you can't take him anywhere yeah. yeah that was
2: that was John Sims payment for that episode I think <laughs> I Out of it. we're good I demand right. a
1: caucus he said
2: yes good theories all uh, we need more theories though because we have to find where is the Clara splinter. As we all know, Clara Oswald was splintered through time at the end of the name of the doctor throughout the doctor's timeline. And we like to think that she's in every episode. In fact, she was shown to be in pretty much every episode in that, uh, that story. And, you know, she's there in the background uh, of a Colin Baker story and of Tom Baker story. She's in the background of every story. So what is she doing here potentially? And she doesn't necessarily have to be on screen, uh, we like to sometimes think Clara
0: Oswald sets She's up the certain Ood. things. <laughs> mm, yes, Which could be the Ood mask. I had two theories. Oh. Go on, go. It. Well, I thought at first I thought maybe Adelaide hesitates to kill herself and then try. <laughs> just because of pride. this is for. Time. Oh
1: my um, God!
0: I wow, that, that's that's a bit dark.
1: That is so, the darkest thing that's ever happened it. on *Pull to Open*. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Um, you just... I thought maybe she's just
0: the one writing all these news or Wikipedia. And-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes!
0: That's yes, good. journalist,
1: young journalist, young plucky journalist Clara Oswald just happens to be on there. That, that's uh, why
0: she writes intact, because yeah. she's aware of the whole uh,
1: timey wavy uh, stuff. Yeah, sense. and... She's downplaying the fact that Adelaide was found on Earth. It's like, oh yeah, it just yeah. it don't even don't <laughs> put even that in the last word.
2: paragraph. Yeah, yeah exactly the word.
3: Yeah. I like that, Rob, because uh, I think it's better than what my idea was, which was that this is the one adventure that she isn't involved with because this triggers what will eventually become David Tenner becoming Matt Smith. And as we know, Clara mm. loves Matt Smith's Doctor. Oh, so this is the oh, one okay. thing where she goes, sod that. Temik can die. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that, that would uh, make sure that she, she keeps him on Mars, basically, you know, and just uh, gets, I don't know how you would do that, like kept, keep distracting him so he doesn't walk off the base or put his, his uh, astronaut suit back on to get back out. But yeah, he's... He's got to be on these tracks of like being a giant egotist that he will die. Mm-hmm.
2: So, my theory uh, was pretty simple. I got to say, I, if uh, you know, uh, to pick at other things, that extra gadget robot that was in the crate at the end <laughs> uh, was just ready to go right out of the box. She is the space agency supply specialist that's making sure that these robots are just completely no they'd have to flick one switch and they're completely ready to go out of the box and she made sure that that gadget was ready damn sure it was ready to go
1: and she's actually you know pre-programmed it with how to fly the TARDIS uh mm. so because the doctor the doctor doesn't try to do it by remote control right we know the doctor's terrible at flying the TARDIS he's going to be even more terrible at doing it by remote control uh but, but the what programming if she is
0: gadget's conscience making souffles inside
1: Oh, yeah. 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 She thinks she's saying souffle is ready, but it comes out as gadget, gadget. Yeah. Awesome. Chris, any theory? Oh god, uh, no. I mean, uh, yeah. I'm oh, just Jordan. so dark- I'm so darked out by Rob's idea that she's <laughs> shooting Lindsay Duncan at the end. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> cut to inside. As- she's like, no, I sh- I'm not going to do it. She puts the gun on a shelf and turns around. Clara's there like, no, you must die. <laughs> wow,
2: now who's wow. the master?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Guys, All
2: right. it's time for the final question. The only question, the question that everyone has been waiting for. What did we think of this episode? Now, the to Open Rating System has four ratings. They are the Dalek, which is what we give a good episode of Doctor Who, the Ogron, which is for a perhaps not so good episode of Doctor Who, the Professor Hater, which is maybe it's not a great episode, but hey, at least we learned something. And the Viscount Banger, which we reserve for the best of the best. And as good hosts, we are going to let our guests rate this episode first. So, you guys, who wants to go first?
0: Do you want to go first? Yeah. Uh,
3: I'm just, hang on. Sorry, just to go on ranking system. What do you learn from Time Flight?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you learn that Professor could cannot be stopped. <laughs> He's, he, he's there even after he dies. Uh, no. <laughs> Definitely you learn what Doctor Who should not be. Yes. Yeah. Uh, from time flight. How how not to do a Doctor Who with two Concords in it? Uh it's very clear.
2: It, you could kind of uh, envision that an ogron is they should have known better. <laughs> and, oh, okay. uh, a oh, Ogron is yeah. that well, I could see they were trying something there.
3: Uh for me i I would rank this as a as a viscount uh cause it's wow. uh,
0: nice uh,
3: it's one of my all it's not just in terms of david Tennant. it's one of my all time favorite stories uh i like oh, uh, wow. i like the the story itself yes it's it's very simple but i think it's 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 written very well um i re- we've we've talked about it before but I really like the actors particularly lindsay duncan uh, hmm. i think she's phenomenal david tennant is is really at the, the top of his game here uh graeme harper's direction uh, yeah. you know the, the, the look of the monsters i think it's got a lot of atmosphere and uh, it's mm. and it's got that balance of the wonderful character moments and the drama and the action to to me it's uh, it's you know doctor who hit, hitting all the marks
2: how about you all thinking? right Our guest banger. Thank you,
1: Liam. Wow. it's The very first guest banger ever on on Pull to Open. Thank you.
2: Yeah. One done live. We retroactively gave uh, Day of the Doctor guest banger. Uh, (laughs) But yes,
0: this is our first live guest banger. Uh, Rob, what say you? Basically just what Liam said. um, It was a great story. Um, The characters were written and acted really well. It ended on a bit of an unconventional beat that took me by surprise, and mm-hmm. it, it was really good. Um, so, yeah, I know you you saved this score for the, the best of the best, but it was an absolute banger. Mm. Wow. Yeah. There
1: it is. Two bangers. It's two bangers <laughs> out of four. Chris, I'm going to go to you next. What's your verdict? Uh, sorry to, to be the party pooper here, but I, I think I think this is just a Dalek. Oh, uh, it's a very, it's a very wet Dalek. It's, it's glistening <laughs> uh, with its wetness, and it's very patient. But it is, uh, yeah. I, I, don't know. It's just, I, I love the Time Lord Victoria stuff. Um, you know, I think it is a wonderful way to present. It. I just can't get past the fact that it is a sort of a by the numbers uh, based under siege. Otherwise, and uh, you know, Such gorgeous numbers though. Such confident numbers, the numbers that we like to recite. <laughs> it <laughs> great is numbers, Chris, the pretty great numbers. I don't know. And when, when it comes to subverting base under siege, I think of things like last Christmas, I think of like, you know, uh, before the flood, um, you know, mm, uh, right. right. Really t- yeah, exactly. So to, to really subvert it, like I felt it needed just a little bit more, um, and i'm not sure what that thing was it you know it did well for what it did but it just it felt like it was too much sort of barreling along in this overarching plot and you know of the season and of tenants doctor and and too little uh time was spent on thinking on on the uh, on the other side of things plus they could have made it in hd and they didn't oh yeah so. no, that's a lot of <laughs> a lot of this uh they may have upscaled it i i don't know but that there's the, the I think last they remastered it, yeah, that's what it is. In the um, uh, in the writer's tale, there's a back and forth with the, the BBC where they're just fighting tooth and nail to get it uh screened in in HD, and and in the end it isn't. So I'm glad to hear that they they did so for uh the DVD, the Blu-ray, and, and the Blu-ray. Yeah, uh, not not so much on the streaming the version that oh, I watched. Oh, you saw HBO Max. Yeah, yeah. The
2: DVD transfer, yes.
0: Um, uh, dude, I think four by three as well.
2: <laughs> it wasn't four by three. What? Yeah, what are you talking about? really? Four by three
0: aspect ratio? Yeah. Maybe it was. How weird. Yeah. Um,
1: um, not a, not on my TV, but okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of stuff like on Amazon in the UK. Sometimes like it 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 was made in widescreen, broadcast in widescreen, yet. Sometimes they'll like they'll put episodes of shows on that, not oh. widescreen.
2: Like,
4: mm.
0: mm.
2: That's why you gotta get you gotta get the Blu-rays every time. You also get that awesome extra scene in uh, Utopia. No wait, sorry, uh, Last of the Time Lords. Yes, yes.
1: with the scissors sisters scene. Yes, well,
2: that might have been just the DVD. Anyway, we're not going back into that. So back (laughs) to the ratings. So Chris, I think you are overrating Subversion a great deal. I think this is a banger. This is honestly like it. It's I would say it is arguably the tenant's best. To to like, I I don't think it is, but I mean like he has so many. He's got a bunch of bangers. but like the this one just I, I really admire it for going dark, uh for having adult themes, and then just sort of like I say, expanding out of its own story and having massive impact on uh the show and the character itself. So uh Viscount Banger When as soon as the credits started to roll on this one, those are the first two words out of my son's mouth. Viscount Banger, he said. <laughs> uh you know, obviously he he knows the podcast and what we do, and so um yeah i wholeheartedly agree this is a banger so we got three bangers and one dalek not yep. bad though
1: i think that's about right i think that's yeah. about where it, where it should sit three bangers and a dalek
2: <laughs> so guys we're going to close the book uh close the delta close the locks on the waters of mars i'm not sure but the drop we're going to try
1: and escape in the shuttle Uh, yeah to a random
2: destination and that means it is time on pull to open to activate our randomizer to find out where we're going next the randomizer as listeners know constitutes two things it is the pull to open codex which i have in front of me uh a pull a spreadsheet of every single story of doctor who in sequential order uh but now we need to introduce the random element chris would you explain the random element
1: Yes, I would love to explain the random element. Also, I'd love it. One, of, one of our guests would uh, uh, do the random element this time. Mm. Uh, we uh, What we use is random.org. Um, which of you guys would like to go to random.org and help us find out where we're going next?
0: Are you doing it, Liam? Oh, am I doing it? Uh, <laughs> I'll, have a, I'll
3: let you do the honors. <laughs> okay. So, sorry okay. to spring
0: it on you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. But I'll just explain that random.org uses atmospheric noise and uh, possible, uh, presence of the flood in the atmosphere to decide where, uh, what random number it gives you rather than an algorithm because computers are terrible at coming up with random numbers and how we do it in, in this, uh, newer, new and improved pull to open 2.0, uh, codex slash executor, uh, is that we have... Pete has a list of the stories that we have not done mm. and how how many stories that is. And Pete, what number are we up to now? So, of
2: the oh, 302 to. Doctor Who stories by our count, which may not match your count because we, we count certain ones differently, we have... Uh, done enough so that the randomizer number so the number rob that you're going to plug in is between one and 230 so 230 is the number now
1: really
2: really astute listeners will note this is actually two less than the number we had last week which was 232 Uh why is that well because i realized i was making a mistake by not taking out the very episode we had just talked about. <laughs> so now I'm doing that. So we've gone down okay. by two because we don't want it. Because the waters of Mars is now
1: time locked. Or so is, it? Go, oh, is it? Oh, hey, uh, or is it? Or are we podcast victorious? <laughs> <laughs> podcast victorious. Uh, we can fix this point in time. We can watch waters of Mars again. No, no, let's not.
2: Well, we will just let's give it some time. <laughs> just, yeah, exactly. Podcast, uh, but we've plugged it. We got it. We we're basically between one and two hundred and thirty, and we're going to spin it up,
1: Rob. Uh, but are you we're ready? first of all, we're going to give it some challenges. Oh, that's right. We got to challenge the randomizer. Do you have a challenge, Chris? Ooh, uh, well, that was a dark one. Um, let's go. Let's let's switch it up again and and take us to something uh, light and and you know, a nice palate cleanser. I wanted after, to take Paradise
3: the- Towers for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Go there, that you know, yes. randomizer picked something lighthearted and there's a water theme.
1: Yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah. That would that would definitely continue things. Uh Pete, what do you think? What I'm thinking
2: is oof, I'm tempted to just say Ice Warriors.
4: Mm. That might be
2: what I stick with. Um mm, like Cold War. Yeah. yeah, that's got some water in it. Um, yeah, why were they scared? Yeah, mm, I don't know. They, Let's find out. Well, but yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with that. Why not? Let's get some ice warriors, and it may even just be ice warrior references. That's
1: fine. And, and how many? How many times are the ice warriors in the in the classic series? I've I confess I've never confessed. So come you got
2: the ice in... warriors, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which has some yeah. ice warriors in it. I'm told. <laughs> no way. <laughs> and then you have the seeds of death.
4: Uh, yes.
2: Then the two Peladon episodes. So that, I think that's about it.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Could be wrong. I think um, you sort of see them briefly. Dimensions
0: in, in time? No. Are they in the? <laughs> no, that,
2: <laughs> oh, I no, don't no, know. No. We don't. We, that's actually not part of our codex
1: yet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it expanded <laughs> yes. on canonical stuff. Yeah. Show. When, when we get desperate at the end of the show, we're adding <laughs> extra stories, and we'll throw in dimensions in time. Uh, yeah. So, so Liam, you, you were thinking Paradise Towers. Do you have any other? Uh, more general themes of where you'd like to see us go next. You can play roulette. That's okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. One yeah. story, That's triple yards. Yeah,
1: exactly. Just throw. Put all your. We do that Chips on that. On that. On that Paradise Towers yeah. segment. Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right.
2: Let's spin it up.
0: Okay.
1: You you
2: give, th- I'll give you a countdown. Okay, Rob. Are You ready? It'll make my day if it's. Um, all right. Four seconds. Long. Three.
0: Two, one. Doctor. Oh. I have a result. What do you, what's the result? <laughs> 177. 177.
2: Seven. Oh, we're, we're deep into new Who. Uh, it's going to be dinosaurs on a spaceship.
1: Well,
4: ah,
2: I'm, well I'm done.
1: So I'm so sorry, everyone. I asked for something light. And it, <laughs> And it gave us Mitchell and Webb. Um, okay, all right, we're doing all it. Right. Dinosaurs
4: <laughs> in
0: a spaceship. Have fun
1: with that. Great.
0: <laughs> because, like, have fun with that. We're out.
4: <laughs> <laughs> guys,
2: this has been great. Rob, Liam, thanks for coming, guys. This has been this has been, it's been open. A lot of fun. <laughs> it's been it's so much fun. um this is a podcast. Hey, listeners, if you have not subscribed for whatever reason in whatever app you're listening to us to, why don't you go ahead and do that? Maybe turn on notifications too, especially if that app is YouTube, and you will get notified every time we have some new content for you. Um, follow us on social media. We're at TikTok at Pull2Open, all one word, and we're on Twitter and Instagram at Pull2Open63. Thanks so much to the guys from The Cloister Bell. By the way, you should follow that podcast. Also subscribe to them and they're all over the socials. So, uh, hang out. Go ahead. Hit all the follows
0: and the notification buttons. Yeah, um, Robin liam do you have any specific call, of, call to action for our listeners? We have an online hub which is cloisterbellpodcast.com. Excellent. Nice. All in one place.
1: Nice. Ooh, interesting thought.
2: Go check it out. Check out their Patreon. I think you have a Patreon, right? Yeah, patreon.com slash cloisterbell. Yeah, we got to get one of those, episodes, and Video maybe, diaries. Maybe you guys could teach us the the, the, the ways of Patreon. Um,
0: yeah, you can give us some TikTok tips.
2: Oh, yeah. We're, we're here for it. We're here for it. All right, y'all. This has been great. We're signing off. This has been a Pull to Open, ringing the cloister bell here in the universe of podcasts. Take it easy. Thanks and bye, bye
3: everyone.